Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming live from the traveling built Ford Tulsa studio. Boomer Assize, Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcasts across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Thursday morning. Live once again from the Blue Wire Studios here at Wynn, Las Vegas. Yesterday could have been the most ridiculous in a good way day of my life. Uh, having been on set with Drew Barrymore and Ross Matthews at the Drew Barrymore Show and then going up to the wonderful <coughs> Summit Club to play 18 with you and Jerry. And thanks to Mike Meldman and thanks to Casamigos who set us up at one of the nicest places on earth, quite frankly. And we were so very appreciative of that. But I was... Sitting at the uh, bar at the Italian restaurant with Stephen Waldron and Sean Kennedy last night at CBS Sports, like detailing how ridiculous of a day that was. <laughs> and I don't think I'm ever going to, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to recreate that. I got to be honest with you, Boomer. That was a, that was a, an all-time day here at the Super Bowl. I know this happens to you a lot. <laughs> you have these all-time 18-hour crazy days where you yes. feel like you're living in a movie. Uh, but I do not. And the only thing that I that I missed, I was so I was happy for the fellas, but I was I was upset for me is I missed out on sitting next to a legend at dinner last night. One of my favorite all time sports figures, the great Mark Davis, was eating dinner in proximity, close proximity to Eddie, Al, and Gina last night. And it was at an Asian fusion place, which is like honestly, it's like seeing the polar bear jump into the water at the zoo. Like you don't normally get that. And you, and you got it. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I'm a little tired today, to say the least. I mean, that was an 18-hour day yesterday. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah. It was straight 1.50 in the morning to basically 7.50 to 8.15 last night. I mean, it was just nonstop. And you're right, man. Mike Meldman and Casamigos, thank you so much. Because it was quite an experience. So we play at this golf course called Summit Club, 3,500 feet up in the desert. And there are mountains all around it. There are snow-capped mountains all around it. We got a beautiful 53-degree day with sun, a great golf course, great clubhouse, really nice people that uh, that uh, couldn't have been any nicer for us. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Now, before that, I was wondering which Geo I was going to get uh, at Drew Barrymore's show, whether it was going to be conforming Geo or it was going to be the Geo that, you know, at times can get a little bit uh, feisty here on our show. And I remember we were talking about this as we were going over to the show. Are we bringing our radio show to their TV show? Which we felt like, now let's not do that. This is their turf. This is not our turf. And then their their TV show actually is just like our radio show, just maybe some different subject matter. Yeah, 
But I mean, they're checking out guys' asses. They they are uh, basically talking about women going into sports bars, meeting guys. Yep. I I mean, it was all kind of the same thing that we talk about here normally. Yeah. I mean, it just that it's it's quicker, and there's there's a prompter from you know uh, one segment to the next. But that's basically it. I mean, they're talking about buffet food and sneezing in the buffet and everything else. It was. It was incredible. And yeah. they asked us to do the whole show, too. That was a surprise when we got there. We thought we were doing one segment, and then we show up, and the producer goes, yeah, you're going to be here for the whole show, if that's okay. I'm like, that's okay. Of course it's okay. So the entire show that will air, Drew Barrymore show, on CBS, <laughs> 9.30 this morning, um, we, you can check it out, and we will be on for a full half hour. Right. So um, here's the thing. I don't know if you felt this. There were a couple of things I think we were feeling. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just a sense that you have of the environment around you, what's going on. <laughs> As we're doing squats right now, working on our butts. Um, but I mean, so you and I start the uh, the interview. Yeah. And I felt like the first four questions all came to me. They did. Yeah, and you were just kind of like sitting there. I was. Yeah, it was. It was a. Right, so, I, so we both were on the same uh, page yeah. with that. Yeah, it was, it was a loiter spot. Yeah. So, but I, I'm used to that, and I figured that, and I knew that I was going to have my opportunities. I wasn't sitting there thinking, "Oh man, I hope they talk to me." I mean, I knew well, it. I was here the whole show. I know? actually got you in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm saying I got Geo involved. That is true. Because I felt like after three questions, now wait a minute, you're just sitting there like this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, all right, so let me get Geo involved here. I was going to start scrolling on my phone just <laughs> <laughs> through Instagram. And uh, then, and then. Yeah. So, of course, it, it gets to Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you guys, I'm all in for this. You know, I think this is great. I think it's great. He and uh, she and Travis, it's it's great for the league. It's great for ratings. It's great for crossing over pop culture. It's great for young daughters who are Swifties and their dads now to watch the game and have something to bond together with. <clears throat> so my man here decides, well, hold on, hold on. I don't know how you're going to describe this, but I'll tell you the way I did it is I sent out a test balloon. I sent out a test balloon to see to see how it went over. So now you go ahead and give right. your perspective. So basically, he was blaming angry football fans that have Taylor Swift overload. Yeah, mm -hmm. he didn't say he had it. Yeah. He he put the test balloon out there saying, "I think <laughs> that you know football fans in general are you know exhausted with all of the oversaturation." Yes, of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey and and their 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 romance and everything else. And uh, I was looking at Drew, who was sitting to my right, and she looked at Gio, and it was almost like they were married for 35 years. And, you know, that death stare that you would get? Oh, I he, felt it. He, if she had lasers out of her eyeballs, uh, he, no, he would not be sitting here today. He would have been disintegrated on set by the way that he was going at it. And then the way that she ended the set, I thought was very smart. Yeah. So after she gives me this look that that pierced my my soul, uh, she goes, well, I think that a love story at the Super Bowl is probably the greatest thing ever. All right, let's go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Drew. So anyway, tell me about E.T. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, that that was something else, man. Thank God I didn't go any deeper into that because I w might have been thrown right off the set at that point. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you were you stepped right into it, man. <laughs> and I was I was wondering how you were going to do it. But the way that you phrased it, it wasn't like it was coming from you, but you were speaking on on behalf of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. I don't know if she got that. Yeah, I, I think it was fine. She got over it quickly because we had a great conversation about a bunch of other stuff after that. But yeah, in, in that moment, she was not 
pleased, but I did. I so I talked to one of the producers prior to the show that had listened to all of our uh, discussion about going on the show and what type of Taylor Swift discussion would come from me, and and she said, I I think that you 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 give a little bit, a little bit of the negativity. But really, don't go in hard. But you can do a little bit of yourself. And I'll tell you, but this. they. But she goes, if you go too far, she's like, they will come for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was meaning the Swifties. I think she was meaning Ross. No, and, no, no. And, she, and Drew. The, she meant the Swifties. Oh, she, she meant, meant the Swifties. Swifties yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> meant the Swifties. I mean, it was kind of. It was. It was pretty funny. No, it, 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 it was. No, it, it. It was. And all of a sudden, I was. I. I, I felt like a TV guy because I, that Ross Matthews was such a. Um, a pro with like reading all the stuff that I was yes. I was I was watching him and there was a a point where the the monitor had had gone out for him where the the teleprompter was and he said he's like no problem I'll just read it off the jib so then there's this jib camera that moves and that also has the teleprompter on it so he just does that so then the same thing happens to me when we're in the middle of the segment I have to read a headline that the teleprompter goes out I immediately Went to the jib. You were just like that. Total professional. Right to the jib. Started reading off the jib. By the way, that's exactly what JB does all day Sunday. Yeah. It's it's those kinds of uh, the read-ins, the lead-outs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes that happens with him. And he has a script in front of him. So sometimes he'll have to look down at the script to make sure that he's following exactly what he's supposed to be saying. So I actually thought for the first time yesterday for you. Yeah. I could see a future. I could see, you know, possibly sitting in and uh, hosting for a, you know, under the weather JB. I could see that under the weather JB. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think JB is. Has JB ever missed a show? Maybe one. Didn't there was one time he had he was sick in the last like six years that we worked together. I think he, he might have. Yeah, I because I remember you had to open the show. Yeah, I don't know why I opened that show. There was a, there was another show where he got very very emotional about one of the. Pieces that we had done, and when we had come back from it, I was I was looking at him because he he and I can look eye to eye with each other yeah, the yeah. way that we sit. Yeah, and I looked at him, and he was all teared up. Really? Yeah, and he could not speak, so I had to quickly jump into action. Wow! And take over the uh, the prompter for that for that particular segment. I think it was a segment on Chris Henry. Remember the wide receiver oh, yeah, for the Bengals yeah, yeah. who ended up dying in a car accident? He yeah. was on the back of a truck. truck. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, and we, and we did a whole thing with his family, and I think there was some organ donation that was going on, and JB just just couldn't handle, you know, just delivering the news in that regard because it was just so close to when Chris had had died. So he was very emotional. Yeah, so that's what I'll do. I'll hang around the NFL today for like the rest of, you know, next year I'll start week one. And then when JB gets emotional, I can just pop right in and read off the jib. Right. That's what I'll the, do. The other thing too, I mean, there's really no controversy <laughs> out here whatsoever, except for the practice field that the, the 49ers are on. And it is a thing. Uh, they are completely ticked off that they have to practice at UNLV on this. But they, I guess they're, they're just not happy about how soft it is and how soggy it is. You know what's funny is th- this has become a thing, obviously, the last couple of days. There's also nothing else going on for the Super Bowl. But when Andy Reid was interviewed immediately after the AFC Championship game win, one of the first things he said, this might have even been on the field or was in the post-game news conference, stuck out to me. He goes, and we're going to be the home team, which means that we get the Raiders facility, which is going to be great. Like, that was one of the first things that came out of his mouth. And I thought to myself, I was like, wow. 
I mean, that that must mean a lot to him that for him to mention it because the other place he it probably sucks. Well, <laughs> I mean, it turns out that the 49ers can't stand it's, it. It's you are. UNLV practice facility and you know you have the Raiders practice facility which is a legitimate pro football setup over at UNLV I think they had to bring grass in and put it on top of the turf I think yeah, it's not, spongy or whatever right it's spongy and it's soft and you know I'm looking at it and there's been a lot of rain here yeah so that that probably all has also has something to do with it but you know the, as we're watching the Chiefs right now at the Raider facility so they look like they're pretty happy and <laughs> Uh, going along about their business, and then you t- you take a look at you know what the uh, the 49ers are doing with it has become a very very uh, volatile issue within the NFL. I, that I can tell you. Yeah, but this is now two years in a row that there have been field issues. Now this is a practice field issue. I don't believe that we're going to get a game field issue, but who knows? Because we didn't think we were going to get that last year. This is two years in a row that there major complaints about fields during the biggest week. Of the NFL season. Yeah, I would, I, I would also think that, you know, because of what happened last year, that the NFL will do their damnedest to make sure that this field brought in um, and that has been planted here and it was grown here uh, will be in tip top shape. The question is, will it be a tight field, meaning will it be a slippery field? And the people that that usually affects the most, uh, you know, are the defenders. And that was the complaint coming from the <clears throat> Eagles last year. Right, and they still, the, the 49ers referenced MetLife Stadium and when all those guys got hurt. I think Rob Sala was still the defensive coordinator was, when, was. All, when all those guys got hurt in that one game at MetLife Stadium. And that's been that's been referenced, so that's in their heads. Uh, and, and who knows if they're not running as hard as they would during practice or being extra careful or whatever. I don't know if that's going to translate over to the game or not, but I, these teams, they love to have... The, the underdog mentality, and neither one of these teams really is a, a true underdog because they're so good. Now, the, the, the Chiefs were an underdog in for the first time ever in the postseason with the Bills and the Ravens, and I bet against them stupidly. Um, so they, they've played that thing. The 49ers were always in everybody's Super Bowl. Every, best, best roster. Yeah, it, it, exactly. From, from the get-go. But now this is this is their thing. Even though they're the the technical favorite in the game, this is now their thing. Like they're screwing us. We got to fight through this. The Chiefs got this cushy little tr- practice facility thing. This is now their chip on the shoulder, right? Situation. Just stop the run on Isaiah Pacheco. See if he can do that first and foremost because they couldn't do it against the Lions or the Packers. Uh, you know. By the way, I have to say um, your golf game has vastly vastly improved. Oh, thank you. I mean, I mean to the point where. You're almost ready. I mean, you play fast. Yeah. Uh, you hit a couple drives yesterday that I was like, I hadn't seen you do that before. Um, I did not wear jeans on the golf course yesterday. Yeah. I saw that in my X feed. I don't know why people think that those were jeans. I mean, those it, are not jeans. It, it looks like it in the picture a little bit. I can understand why people thought that. But if you see it in person, it, they're not even, it doesn't and even. It's not jeans, man. I, yeah. I would never wear jeans to a golf course. Right. No, I, I and, you know, a golf course that nice. And you actually could at that place because there's no rules, but no, those were not jeans. I've got your back on that 100% not jeans. The caddy told us we could play without a shirt on if we wanted to. Well, that would have been a little bit radical yesterday, <laughs> uh, given the fact that it was like 50 degrees. What a great word, radical. It definitely would have been. It definitely would have been radical. Uh, but yeah, no, that was. I, I no, do I, notice that Jay, uh, uh, Jerry always wears those uh, those black pants that are oversized. I think he's got he's got pants that are too wide and too long. 
and he always wears those pants. He, he, he does. They're the MC Hammer pants. That's what he wears on the car. Oh, yeah, they're like balloon pants, yes. <laughs> when the wind catches him in a certain way, he looks like one of those uh, those hang gliders, those guys, the, the wingsuit guys that, that fly through the, the other air. The thing I would also say is this morning, for the first time, yeah, uh, I, I did see quite a few mutants uh, hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 us right now. I'm oh, yeah, just talking yeah. about around the bar and oh yeah, you know the ladies of the evening are out now. Yeah, you know I did see that. I saw. I uh, I wanted to ask them just straight up, just so I had something to talk about if they were. But I was like, ah, it could be offensive. But there were two when I was coming out of the elevator that I would I would have put money on. Like if FanDuel Sportsbook had like a live betting, is this a prostitute or not? I yes. would have clicked like yes minus one ten. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you could tell, and you could tell that you know Las Vegas is starting to swell now. Yeah. Look at these guys out here having a great those time. Guys having yeah, a good those time. guys having a good time. There they are. Yes. These are, these are like, you know, young, finely quaffed gentlemen. Yes. You know? This guy's got a nice trim beard. Yeah, and everything. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these guys are having a great time out in Las Vegas. This is this is what you want to see. You know, yeah. guys like this you think wrapping those, up their night. You think those are the types of guys that those two women who were looking for husbands and were going into sports bars that we were talking about yesterday yeah. on Drew Barrymore. Those are the types of guys we're talking about? I mean, just by first glance through the glass here, I think. I think so. I think they're well off. You got some good money. You guys got some coin. Nice they got coin. They got coin. Yes. A nice watch. Yes. <laughs> yes right. They got some coin. You guys are just coming in for the night, right? I mean, this is not, you're not up. No, no, no. Oh, you're still going. Oh, wow. These guys. <laughs> see this. They, they're squeezing out every drop of this trip and good for them. So well, enjoy, three, fellas. 317 here in the morning. So. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, when I came downstairs at around two twenty, it was oh, yeah. like, whoa! Yeah, you're starting to see. They're starting to roll in. Mutants are starting to roll in. Mutant alert! I mean, it was. <laughs> I know it is something. I mean, you have to negotiate people walking. Oh yeah, because I don't think they know where they're walking to. You know th that elevator situation in this hotel is tremendous. But when the, when it's busy and there's like there's two like lanes and everybody's trying to you got to hit your card, it gets crazy. Especially when I was going up with the golf clubs, I like knocked someone out yesterday <laughs> turning around because they were flying around the corner. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, jeez. But uh, yeah, it gets a little confusing. But anyway. Uh, big thanks to everybody yesterday, and the, and the crew at the Drew Barrymore show couldn't have been nicer. They were like legit excited <laughs> we were there. Drew and Ross were so so kind. That was just uh, that was awesome. I want to thank everybody again for that because who knows? You know, you show up in a, a situation like that, they could probably you know it's TV. We're talking A list people. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking Geo Gianna. Yeah, right. I you think know? this could be a couple of times a year spot. You know, like a big sports story, like. Three times a year, you yeah, guys it just go have up to be down. sports with us. Like we could it do, doesn't. sure not. We could do butt lift exercises. Yeah, we yeah. could talk about buffet food because Ross loves a good buffet. He does. Yeah, he does. I'm not a big buffet guy. I actually grabbed his hand and sneezed in it. And yeah. I said, "Now, now, go eat." <laughs> but, yeah, but her audience might love today's show, and then you're on three times a year. Her well, audience yeah. may hate today's show. No, <laughs> never, no, never no, be no, seen no, again. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, and maybe they get a little uh, bump in the numbers with our audience flipping over. Maybe they get that and they see that and they, they hit a male demo they haven't hit before. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it's the four of us every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer and Chio right into Drew Barrymore. Drew, Ross, Boomer and Chio. <laughs> CBS 930. All right. It is Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Get Jerry in here in just a couple of minutes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. CBS Sports Network. It is Thursday already. It's a NBA trade deadline day. I remember this time last year, Boomer had the norovirus, and Jerry and I were talking about Kevin Durant being traded from the Nets to the Suns. And that's one thing we did not mention about yesterday is that Drew Barrymore had just gotten over the norovirus and it had run through her family. Now, she yes. claims that her last puke was Sunday. And that how, you know, by Wednesday that there was no chance. But you and her got very, very close to one another. Uh, and we all took pictures. We were close. And I, you know, hugged her for a little bit. But you spent like a good four or five minutes right saddled right up next to her because you FaceTimed your daughter during one of the breaks. Yes. There was a lot of spittle that could have been shared there. So you do get it once a year. So let's let's hope that Drew Barrymore did not give you norovirus. She tends to talk closely to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A close talker, that kind of thing. She def Yeah, no, she definitely Very was. nice. Lovely. Oh, my one. Yes. Uh, very smart. Yeah, there I am. Uh, I'm FaceTiming with Sydney right now. And Sydney's like, Dad, don't do this to me. I'm like, what do you mean don't do this to you? This is Drew Barrymore. It's one of your heroes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it was, uh, it was pretty. It was a lot of fun yesterday. That yeah. was great. Yeah, I know. But she did. I mean, she was she was letting us know. I, I gave her credit for letting us know that she had been throwing up a few days prior. She had to take care of her own kids. Yeah, who who had it first, which is just there's nothing. Oh, it happens. Happen. Yeah, we just. And I'm 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 also getting a lot of feedback on X about people thinking that Jerry's sick. Hmm. Why is that? I know. Are you do you sound sick? I don't think so. No. Does he sound sick to you guys? No. Yeah, there's a couple guys on 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 X that have sent me some messages saying that you know Jerry's going to get us all sick again. That would suck. That would <laughs> suck. You got to do the game Sunday. Yeah, true. Yeah, we need to we need to keep the big guy healthy here for just a couple yeah. more days. Just a couple more days. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on in sports? Man? Uh, we we're brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human grade dog food delivered right <clears throat> to your door, and brought to you by Serve Pro, uh, cleanup, restoration, and construction. Visit servepro.com. A couple of clips from the NFL, from the Super Bowl, of course. Uh, one, Patrick Mahomes, uh, there's this notion out there that because of, you know, Taylor Swift and because they've won a lot, that they're like the hated team. So how do you deal with being the villain now? 
I just like winning. If, if you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. Now, they have won a lot, which is why Andy Reid was asked, you know, as you win, more pressure mounts. How do you deal with that as the head coach of this team? We try to have fun within the intensity of the game uh, during the week. Uh, there's a time to focus in and a time to mess around. Yeah, well, they can mess around after they win and have another parade. This is for Al, because you, once upon a time, did what in football? Quarterback to flag football Yes, team. what Brock Purdy once did? Girls flag football. Well, I don't know about girls huh. flag football, but he was a flag football player. Now he's on the biggest stage playing in the Super Bowl, and he looks back to those days. I played up until I was about 12, and... I think it just helped just with the speed of the game. It was a, it was a quick game. I think uh, hand-eye coordination, all that kind of stuff, really did develop for me, um, you know, throughout my years of playing flag football. Obviously, being able to juke and, and cut and move in certain ways. I don't get the sense you were juking and moving, though, and cutting. No, it was a pocket pass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Drop back, throw, and then the girl drops the ball, and you blame her. Yeah, until you quit. When you get blamed for <laughs> poor pass routes, yes. and I throw in the ball where the receiver's supposed to be, you quit. <laughs> Wait, you didn't finish the season? No. Well, you was, quit mid-season? No, no, I was pulled as quarterback, and then I was then put quit. at wide receiver, but I couldn't compete with 20-something-year-olds as wide receiver. So you quit on the team? I don't know about that, Jerry. I got busy on weekends. You quit. You quit on the team. Wow, I didn't so know that. You, just, just like you quit on the softball team. <laughs> Same thing. Well, that we retired. We didn't quit. <laughs> no, we, no, you, you quit along with Gio, Eddie, and Jerry. I played. I didn't mind going. And I, I always guess. said, make the games on Thursday. Okay. And I did quit. Gio and I. As long as you are admitting it, then fine. Yeah. And then I joined the mutiny once I saw which way it was going. Yeah, exactly. But but now you always do the suck up spot. Every time this comes up, Eddie's like, I, I still would have played. I still would have. Meanwhile, those conversations we had when we were, you know, we were trying to topple the softball team, you were all in. Oh, I didn't say I didn't hate it. <laughs> and, and those conversations did not involve me. No, because no, I, mean, I, 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 I know what Gio does. Joe goes up to you guys and say, hey, you got my back? You got my back? Because if you got my back, I'll pull the plug on this whole thing. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And you need I'll, I'll walk in and I'll tell the big guy, you know, hey, this we're not doing this right. anymore. Right. It was just like when you wanted to go to afternoons and me, Al, and Jerry are like, now nah, we'll stay here. <laughs> yeah, you guys are idiots. <laughs> All you care about were yourselves, selfish sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, here's one from George Kittle. So he looks across, he sees the Kelsey Swift stuff. He was asked if he could handle being in that spot. No, I can't grasp my head around it. I can't wait. At some point in the offseason, I'll probably have to grab a beer and talk to him about it. Can I say that? I think so. I'm I'm 30. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> uh, then a couple of things from around the league. Number one, and it's only a headline because of who it is. I think you've said all week, no shock that Bill Belichick didn't get a head coach. Uh, but his former quarterback, Tom Brady, on his podcast said the same thing. And, of course, people are writing about it. I don't know the criteria for hiring these guys, for hiring coaches. You know, I have never been a part of it. I mean, I'm surprised that the greatest coach ever doesn't have a job. You know, absolutely. But, you know, I'm surprised a lot of things in the NFL. When I was a free agent, there was a lot of teams that didn't want me. There's a lot of things that happen that, you know, for one reason or another, don't go exactly the way, you, you know, you think they should go. So he's surprised you're not. Whatever. I'm Bill not, Belichick is out there. It's hard to hire a guy like Bill Belichick who's doing it 
a certain way for 30 years and all, all of a sudden you're going to ask him to change and conform to somebody else's building? I don't think so. You hire a guy like him, you're changing everything and you're handing the reins over to him because he requires that. And I do think that the Atlanta Falcons, like I told you, uh, did offer him. I don't think he was comfortable with the situation there. And all, all I can tell you is that Arthur Blank did move Rich McKay away from the football side of things, probably at the behest mm. of one Bill Belichick. But then Belichick didn't take the job probably because he wanted other moves to be made. And by the way, a former uh, GM, I got to think, of, he was a former Patriot, went down there, I think, and worked for Arthur Blank for a while, kind of confirmed what I just said. Like You're not just going to hire Bill Belichick and he's going to conform to somebody who's already in the building. He's just not going to do it his way. Right. And that's why I was saying the other day at the media scrum that the next thing that Bill Belichick is going to do, if he is going to coach, he's going to coach a legacy team. And we were trying to figure out the legacy teams yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's what we were doing in the car. Legacy spot. There were a couple of ones that were were teetering. Yep. But I feel like uh, Dolphins, Raiders, Packers. These are not, not every job is open. I'm just going legacy teams. Dolphins, Raiders, Packers, Bears, Chiefs, Bears, Giants, Giants, Cowboys, Niners. Mm, legacy team, legacy, team. legacy team. I think that's probably, it's probably Steelers, it. Steelers, 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 Steelers. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So more. any of those teams that get off to a bad start or have a bad season, or I mean, a couple of those teams have had really good seasons. So I, you know, maybe one bad season is not going to force an owner to make a drastic change. But if somebody has back-to-back really bad seasons, I can see definitely an owner saying, you know what, I want Bill Belichick here. I want him breaking the record, and I want him on my sideline. You mentioned the Cowboys as one of those legacy uh, teams. I did enjoy this. So uh, Dan Quinn going to Washington, pretty big news this week. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Apparently that was news to Tony Pollard, who found out while on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Did you just find out you lost your defense coordinator? I just found out right now. Oh, hey, he's a congratulations. Newsbreaker. Newsbreaker. Yeah, Dan yeah. Quinn's head coach of Washington. Dan Quinn, head coach. Washington Commanders. Backwards hat show. How's he going to do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't doubt Dan Quinn at all. And that's enough. He's doing, you get the point. Like, they, that's enough. They, get the, they basically said to him, what is going to be like playing against him now, now that he's running Washington? And he was lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, assuming that they get a new contract done down there in Dallas. Well, I understand that, but still, the point remains he had no idea, which I thought which, was funny. Yeah, it was also great for Tony Pollard because what did he do? He checked out after the end of the season, man. Yes, That's he what did. you got to do sometimes. Yes, you got to get did. away from it. So good for him. Good for him, I suppose. Yes. Uh, NBA tonight, the Knicks home for Dallas. Jalen Brunson is questionable. OG Ananobi, though, has been ruled out. I guess he's got a bone spur now in his arm. Uh, I don't know that it's that serious, but it's going to keep him out one more game. So today is the trade deadline. Three o'clock. Right. Do the Knicks do something? I don't think so, no. Not feeling it right now. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't sound like it. If anything, it would be a minor situation, <clears throat> but I, I, I don't think so. I think they have their team that they want when healthy to go to battle in the playoffs, and then I think they're going to see what happens in the playoffs and then make a run at somebody in the offseason to complete the puzzle. Nets Cavaliers tonight. Cavs beat the Wizards Wednesday, so they lead the Knicks by one game for the second spot in the East. I only play this because I know this will drive you nuts, Boomer, when you listen to this. We talk about today's NBA and how guys play, don't play. So Steve Clifford coaches the Hornets. Yep. They are 10-40. and 40. They suck. They lost to the Raptors last night at home. Uh, R.J. Barrett at 23 points. 
This is Steve Clifford talking about his team and how poor they play and the effort and how bad it is. Let's be honest. I mean, it's why I was brought here. And to this point, I have failed pretty miserably is we don't care enough about defense all the time. We're better than we were in some ways. But, you can, you know, like we're a, what do they say? We're a sometimes team. Sometimes we run back. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we care about guarding the ball. Sometimes we don't. Mm. That's wow. rough. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, strong indictment of his own coaching and yes. his teammate, and his uh, roster, and the players. Woo. Like you don't he usually hear that with pros. Like sometimes you hear the college coaches sure. they'll tear into him, but you don't normally hear that. He point blanks that I failed wow. as head coach. So they're ten and forty, I believe. So yeah. they have really struggled. Um, hey, Zoo, let's skip the next two because I want to get to the Rangers for Boomer because last night uh, I'm scrolling on the TV as I'm about to lay down. I see Rangers lightning on TNT. Yes. And uh, here was Kenny Albert on the call. Willenberg from Norway, the ninth Norwegian to play in the National Hockey League. Score! 2-0 Rangers! And that was that was Kenny Albert on TNT. They would win 3-1. Jimmy VC scored the first goal, then had an empty net goal uh, right around that goal from Brodzinski. Jonathan Quick, another start in net. 18 saves on 19 shots. Rangers, that, 18 saves on 19 shots. He had 32 <laughs> saves the previous game, I believe. Right, so now he's back-to-back games coming out of the break. They're playing him. He's playing hot. He's playing great. Is there an issue between him and Igor Shosturkin? Not them personally, but for the coach... I mean, I think they go back to Shesterkin uh, for the game against the, the Blackhawks, their next game. But Jonathan Quick has been a savior. He has absolutely been a savior. But, again, 19 shots against. You know, that That's that's great defense yep. from the Rangers against a team that has Nikita Kucherov. So they won uh, back- as one of the best offensive players in the league. Back-to-back wins out of the break. They're 32-16-3. The Lightning play the Islanders tonight. The Devils play the Flames tonight. Just one other quick one. Yeah, we got time. So you've got skip the uh, Jacob Trouble one, Zoo. Give me to the last clip. So this is Darren Drager on, I forget what channel it was, whatever it was. Uh, let's see. It was on TSN. TSN. Okay, TSN, yes, yeah. TSN. So I guess the Rangers could make moves, but the one move they will not make or part with apparently is their first-round pick, and he here is why he believes that is the case. James Dolan, the owner of the New York Rangers, wants to protect the 2024 first-round pick so that the Rangers can be part of the spotlight at the draft in the sphere because Dolan is also <clears throat> the owner of the sphere in Vegas. Doesn't mean that GM Chris Drury can't use another first-round pick, maybe in 2025 or acquire one, but the Rangers want to be part of the spectacle <laughs> in Vegas. That makes I, sense. By the way, I totally get that. Yeah. I saw this report yesterday. I mean, it depends on who they are trying to acquire and what would it take to get somebody of that caliber. I, I don't know who that is right now. I think everybody's thinking like, you know, Adam Henrique, maybe uh, Tony, for, uh, uh, what's his name, Vetrano, uh, that was here a couple of years ago. So I could see what, you know, those two guys coming here, but that's not going to require first round picks. I thought it was cool, though. The Sphere, we're here. Rangers. Yes, exactly. We here. If I were Jim Dolan, it all depends on what, what you're looking at and what type of player are you bringing in and what is going to be the cost. And if he wants to hold on to that first pick so he can be a part of the sphere, I'm all for it. It's his building. Yes, and he will be uh, front and center. And lastly, remember I told you Jazz Chisholm lost his arbitration case the other day? Yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. won his. He got almost $20 million. The Blue Jays were offering 18. All right. And next hour, you'll hear from David Stearns. Does not sound like an extension is coming for Pete Alonso anytime soon. We'll give you yeah, that audio oh, yeah, next is hour. That, but is that because of the team or is that because of uh, Boris? I think mean, both.
I mean, Scott Boris, for sure, driving that bus. He never, ever, ever has a client sign before that client can talk to other teams and hit the open market. Bet on yourself, hit 60 home runs, and then sign a, a massive contract after that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. CBS Sports Network. So, Porter McFarland, who got criticized probably more than any color analyst in the NFL when he was doing the wow. Monday Night Football thing. I mean, it was it was bad during that time. I mean, I know that Romo is getting a lot of criticism now. Jason Witten, Witten, yeah, both of them, yeah, that was tough. But here's here's the difference. So, Witten was done after one year. So they did that terrible Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten, and, and Booger Mobile when Booger was in the the. We would just be going around the field, and then the fans couldn't see the game because Booger was in his Booger mobile. Uh, and then Jason Witten left after the first year, and then Booger went in that seat, and then he would got criticized. So yeah, but both of them were completely roasted uh, for those couple of years that they were were doing it. So he was asked about why Tony Romo gets so much criticism, and he and he responded. Booger said, "When you're on TV and you got thirty five to forty million people watching." Uh, and when more than that, even, and you're making 17 million, people want to nitpick every little thing you do. Uh, they're not hoping you enjoy your 17 million. And I think that's a, a fair assessment of it. And, and we saw Tony Romo yesterday because he was also going on the Drew Barrymore show. And even though I, this is probably the second time that I'd been around him, but I just get a, a feeling from Tony Romo that he does not give a crap what anybody thinks exactly. Him. Like just these, he is living an amazing life. Yes. He is so happy. He's accomplished everything <clears throat> he's wanted to accomplish. He loves golf. He had a great NFL, very good NFL career. Uh, and he's just, he's just doing his thing, man. You know what? I give him a lot of credit for being oblivious to whatever criticism may be coming his way. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that also helps when you're a former quarterback and you've had to deal with criticism in that regard as well as a player. And, of course, being a Dallas Cowboy player, um, I'm sure he's used to it. But I, I I, don't see any change in him from the day he started with us. Yeah, that's the same guy. Right, which is not an easy thing to do, by the way. 
you know, when <laughs> pay me seventeen million, I'll be more than happy to do it. <laughs> I guess you're right. So but everybody you know, go f off. Yeah, I don't care. That's true. You, know, you don't like the way I do a game? Too bad. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I I know. But some people, not everybody, can do that. Even even That's what I'm saying. Even with the money, it, but he is doing the money. It. He is doing it. You know, I, he is living living his best life. You're you're probably right. I, I, he's thicker than I remember. Not in a, in any way in a fat way, but just thicker. Like he was, like he's very stockier than he tall, but also has like some meat on him. Yeah, I mean, just like uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's how Russell Wilson is built, just like that. Yeah, so Tony's not very tall. I think he's probably like, what six one. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe six two. But he was uh, he's got a thick ass. Yeah. He does. I, mean, I keep telling you about the girth and the butt in the area. That's, that's what they want in quarterbacks. But even like his chest, it's just everything was just, he was just thicker than I, than I ever thought he would be in person. And I think, I feel like I'd met him before in person, but maybe not. Then I heard Al talking about how tiny Tracy Wolfson was this morning on the, on the warm up. Oh my show. gosh, she's so tiny. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't think she's tiny. I don't know if tiny is the right word. I would, I would say, uh, I mean, like uh, just, I would say athletic, um, very healthy. And I don't know. The well, tiny is not like, the word. No, it's like Tom Cruise. These celebrities, when you meet them, they're tinier than Smaller, you imagine. Yeah. yeah, she seemed tiny to me, and I didn't think it was her when I saw her because because Jerry's like, "There's Tracy Wolfson." I said no, and the reason I said no is Stephen Waldron was having this conversation <laughs> with her as if they had been friends forever, and I said, "There's no way Stephen Waldron knows Tracy Wolfson." <laughs> just, Why would they both work for CBS Sports, man? And then. He has Gina take a photo of them together. I said, oh, I go, how long have you known Tracy? He goes, oh, I just met her. Yeah, Stephen, was, her. Uh, Stevie, Stephen was very out in front yesterday. Oh, oh man, it was, that was I one mean, of the shaking hands with yeah, all the yeah. executives, the whole thing. He put a sport coat on. <laughs> <laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth. And he, oh, my God. So we, you didn't, I didn't even tell you about this. So we're waiting in the car to pick you up from your speaking engagement to go over to the Bellagio for the taping of the show. Right. Steven called my phone no less than six times while we were waiting for you in, what, a 15-minute time period? Yes. To the point where I handed the phone to Jerry and said, talk to him and tell him that I'm not around. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. And then Jerry, like, so he pulls a prank on me because the phone would just go off and go off and go off. And then so Jerry then calls me from the seat next to me. So I think it's Steven again. Yeah. And I'm like, son of a... Oh, Jerry. <laughs> he started laughing. Uh, but yeah, he was, Steven was just all... Look at him here. Look how proud he is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you know, he was right in the middle of everything. Yeah. I mean, I... From the pull, the whole situation where we had to pull up and then they had to take our photos getting out of the car I and know. then we had to take the golf cart to someplace... I mean, we didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> no, we didn't. And he had an interesting end to his day. Did he tell you the evacuation of the restaurant because of the yes. fire situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about some uh, table that ordered like six bottles of Camus just left and never came back? Yes, and they kind of helped themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you want to talk about a scum move. Wait a minute. Hold on. So somebody left Camus on their table. Well, they evacuated the Okay, restaurant. the restaurant, right? And then Stephen and his group came back. They were the only ones they to go back. back and after. they took the Camus off the table. Yeah. That is a scumbag. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, and you saw Mark Davis, what, like a P.F. Chang's or something? Well, in, in uh, the Wynn Hotel, there's a restaurant called Red 8. It's an <clears> Asian <throat> fusion. 
And uh, yeah, he came walking in with uh, Lincoln Kennedy. Oh, oh! And uh, they had a nice meal. I, Who recognized Lincoln Kennedy? I knew I knew him from somewhere, and then I was explaining to Jerry. Jerry said probably Lincoln Kennedy. I Google imaged him; it was okay. him. Lincoln Kennedy was in a Monday night game that I was doing for ABC, and he went up into the stands in uh, Mile High versus the the uh, Denver Broncos. I'll never forget that because he was a mountain of a man. I don't know. Is he Just still like a big, big fella, yeah. yeah. He went up in the sand because somebody threw a snowball at him. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we, we kept it on the air. We watched the whole thing. And I was like, wow, that is like one guy I do not want to get involved with. Yeah, I want to go to, I don't know if I'm going to have time, but I want to go to that restaurant at the same time that those guys went to see if I can catch a glimpse of my king, Mark well, Davis. Mark Davis is your king, definitely. <laughs> You did see an NFL owner that you ran into and got introduced to yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Dean Spanos, uh, the LA Chargers. And uh, <laughs> I told him that, I was like, yeah, you know, with Jim Harbaugh, so you'll be in the Super Bowl in two years. As I just said, that's exactly what he wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't you know. You knew exactly what to say. Like, you did not shy away or anything. No, 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 no. And then he goes, well, I like the way you think. I hope that you're right. And that was that. Was that. But yeah, it was NFL owners all over the place. Just rubbing elbows with NFL owners. Did any one of you guys have the urge to go up to Mark Davis and ask for a picture? Because I 100% would have. I did, but it was like a quiet, sort of smaller place. So I didn't want to bother him, but I would have loved to. How was the haircut? Did not look as crazy in person. So it's it's better than... Better than, yeah, less oh, bowl cut. I'm very aware of it. Yeah, what was interesting too is like he has a uniform which is just a long sleeve white t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. There he's even in that photo. That's yeah. Wall he wears. His haircut was not as bowl cutish in person like how how it is on the TV screen right now. He was very pleasant to the staff, I will tell you that. Super nice guy. Well, I mean he better be. This is his city. This is his town. Yeah. It's Super Bowl week. He can't be running around stiffing people or drinking Camus off of somebody else's table. <laughs> but he did uh he did he did read a newspaper while at dinner. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's a little strange. Big newspaper, folding it up. Like, was it like the Las Vegas Gazette, whatever it's called yeah, out I was here? Trying to, I was trying to see what it was or which section of the paper he was reading. I couldn't really tell. Maybe he was looking at the horse racing results or something. Maybe. Something. <laughs> I, I just, oh, I love him. Look at, look at just everything about. Him. Like I wish they'd make a, like a little Mark Davis doll, oh. you know. And I, I like a bobblehead doll. No, not a bobblehead, like a stuffed animal, little Mark Davis <laughs> doll. You know, about about yay high, like this this big, you know, with the haircut and everything, with that white shirt uniform on. I mean, I, I would I, I'd sleep with that thing. I think I'd have so, it in my bed. So when you play golf, right? <laughs> and we're playing golf yesterday, and we were playing very fast. Yep, there were just three of us, and there were a couple groups out there that were in front of us. So both groups let us play through. And the one group on a par three, you know, and this is where you got to show up. You have to. Because people are down there. They've already hit their balls. They're already down by the green. And they they wave you up. Yeah. And they think that you're really good because you're playing so fast. You're right on their ass. Yeah. You know, and we've hit a couple of nice drives. And they've seen that in the fairway behind them on the previous holes. So now we get to this one. And our caddy goes, hey, they're waving us up. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. And they, they know it's you, too, by the way. That's another thing. So did they know like, it was me? Yes, they did. I didn't know, I didn't yep. know that. 100%. They said <clears throat> when we got up there. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> so we get up there on the tee box. And uh, I hit it. Yep. And I put it about 20 feet yep. right off the pin. So great shot. Yep. Gio goes up. It's a ball a little left of the, of the green. It hits a hill. And it comes squirting on down right off the green. Perfect <laughs> shot. Jerry goes up. 
Jerry puts one within seven feet. Wow. <laughs> and, that, and you would think, you would have thought that we were playing like scratch golfers right. coming up now to the hole to putt yeah. for our birdies. Exactly. It was the live tour. Like we just <laughs> showed up. <laughs> and, we came right and then, so then, you know, Boomer makes a, a nice putt for a par. I make a, a nice putt for a par. And then Jerry birdies it. Jerry, Jerry Birdie, Birdie, yes. Hole. We just, we burned, took all the golf carts. Like it was the greatest thing ever. I was like, yeah. We showed up. We get up to the next tee box. I said, you know, I don't care what you do the rest of the day, but you guys, I'm so proud of what you guys just did. <laughs> that you, was amazing. You remember what Jerry did on the next tee box? Yeah. He, he hit the ball. PBFU. Right. <laughs> he hit the post birdie, yes. F up. Yeah. He, he hit the ball to that gaggle of geese. <laughs> <laughs> Like 700 keys. And then when he hit that ball, I turned to my caddy. I said, so this guy here, you know, hit a ball into a tree and hit himself in the face when he was playing with his kids and his dad. On Father's Day, would that have been an amazing story from your perspective? He goes, oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everybody's in total agreement in regards to Jerry. Um, but yeah, he uh, he played pretty good yesterday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so he was a, <clears throat> a great day. But that moment, we needed to come up and we we did under pressure. From the traveling Bill Ford Tough studio here at the Blue Wire Studios at Wynn Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58. And you never know who you're going to run into here at uh, the Wynn. And I saw a man sauntering by the, the window and I said, look at that. There he is. Finally, finally here on Thursday, Peter Schwartz is here with us in studio. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning, guys. Hold on, microphone. Yeah, there you go. It's okay. Good morning. You make it seem like I ignored you all week. I only got here Tuesday late in the day. You did. I thought you would land and text us immediately. But you knew I was going to be here. It's not not a secret. I understand, but you are someone who is a a nudge most of the time. You're always reaching out for stuff, which is fine. And I I don't ever complain about it. I was thinking immediately when you landed, you'd text me like you text your family, like, hey, landed safe. Well, I was, before you texted me, I was going to reach out that I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. I just couldn't make it yesterday morning because I went to the hockey game Tuesday night. I needed to sleep a little bit. Okay. And then I got the radio row early yesterday. All right, perfect. Peter I'm Schwartz, here, yes. so don't complain. Well, yeah, you we see another microphone um, Sorry, man. <laughs> so uh, you ended up getting a new shirt, I see. Three new shirts. Three new shirts. You bought them out here in Vegas? No, I bought them back home oh. on Long Island. Oh, okay, all right. Where'd you buy them from? DXL. Where is that? It's a big man store, Massapequa. Oh, it's Massapequa, okay. Nice shirt. Thank you. Very, it's very big. I had help picking it out. <laughs> I wonder if like, if we put that on Al, what that would look like. <laughs> do you have a t-shirt on underneath I it? I do, a Jets t-shirt. Okay, would you would you be okay with taking the shirt sure. off and handing it to Al? Sure. Hold on. <laughs> say, Al, let's see what it looks like if you put the shirt on. Is that right, Al? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That is a yes. should, I, should I take that off my a, hoodie? That's an enormous shirt. I don't think okay. you need to. <laughs> he said, should he take off the hoodie? Look, he doesn't even unbutton the buttons. <laughs> Just pulls it over his head. <laughs> it's, it's a, this is a giant shirt. It is a giant, that, like it's a purple and white and I guess black, I think, striped shirt, right? <laughs> See what yeah. Al looks like yep. here. All right. So the, now <laughs> Peter is now handed the parachute to Al Dukes. Right. And he's, <laughs> he's putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> looks, like, looks like Ben McAdoo. <laughs> you know, like, like Tom Hanks in Big when he turns into the kid? Yes. <laughs> That's what it looks like. 
Oh, my God. Oh, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. <laughs> Good, Al. It's like you get ready to go paint something. It's like a smock. It's, a yes, smock. it's like a smock. Oh, it looks good. like a straight jacket on a little. <laughs> it you know what's amazing is I sit here next to you two guys. You got your Unreal Vikings uh, sweatshirt yeah, on, yeah. Which, which is great. Love and you got your New York Jets t-shirt yes. on. Yes. Do you ever see a possibility, either one of you, of these two teams meeting in the Super Bowl? <laughs> no. no. I will say, though, that the even though it didn't work out this year, the Super Bowl logo for next year's Super Bowl yes. is green and purple. So maybe. Maybe next year. Maybe. You never know. Okay. But no, your answer is no. Then I would stay for the game. Two, uh, two loser franchises that could never figure it out <laughs> for very long. Uh, so you're you're here with your boy uh, Vinny Tickets? Yeah, we're doing Sports Bash from Radio Row. Okay, Sports Bash, which is a uh, half-hour show you, you do on um, on LI News Radio out of uh, MacArthur Airport, which is... But well, we also put the video portion on... Uh, YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. But... So we, we did on Radio Row, every interview we did was a separate show. So we kept uploading oh. different shows oh, yesterday. Nice. I saw you interviewed Dr. Oz yesterday. I did, yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, so what? Uh, why was it interesting? Well, it was just, he, you know, he was fascinating to talk about how kids who play sports should stay healthy, eating the right things. He, Kyle Richardson, the former Raven, was with him, too. He was working with NFL alumni. Okay. So I was walking through trying to locate potential guests, and I saw Dr. Oz. I'm like, oh, that would be a funny spot there. I didn't expect him to bring another person. And then near the end of the interview, I started to ask about the game. And he, Dr. Oz was like, I'm not talking about the game. I'm afraid to make a prediction. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna, no one's holding anybody to predictions. I mean, I mean, this is on sports bash. I mean, this is, this gonna say, the, only, the, the only place that's going to hold you to a prediction is if you go in the sports book. Yeah, right? Right, right, right. So I asked Kyle Richardson first. <laughs> and as I'm asking the question, Dr. Oz gets up from the set and walks away. He just oh, got up and he left. He just got up and left. Patted me on the back and walked out. That's a little disrespectful. I thought it? it was too. I mean, I, I'm just asking you an opinion on who you think is going to win the game. I've, uh, have you ever been to Vegas before? Oh, many times. You before. haven't. Okay. I've never felt that this cold or raining. Yeah. Right. Are you, a, uh, are you a big buffet guy? Generally, yeah, but I haven't really had an opportunity to get to one. There's it's one right pretty, here, by the way. Right. I don't know when it well, opens. Well, it's also four o'clock. Yeah. in the morning. So. <laughs> yeah, they open at maybe 7 or 8. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday we had a big discussion on the Drew Barrymore show about buffets. Yeah. So Boomer, me, and Drew don't like the buffet. And the uh -huh. co-host, Ross Matthews, loves a buffet. And he kind of he kind of made me think about it a little bit more because the thing about the buffet, you can get anything. So he put a, a plate in front of me, sushi, <laughs> watermelon, cheese cubes, salami, and an Oyster's Rockefeller. Yeah. I mean, think about that variety. Sounds like something that uh, James Brown would eat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing, all the variety. I saw James Brown walking through Radio Row yesterday. Oh, yeah. Had a nice entourage with him. Did you, did you oh, yeah. stop and say, come no, on the show? No, I, I felt that was out of my league to ask because I was already, you know. Out of your, no one's out of your league, Peter Schwartz. Yeah, he, nah, they, what are you talking you, about, You man? go up to some people and they say no because they've already got their whole schedule locked in. So I, yeah, if you think the answer is going to be no, I think you don't ask the question. I feel that's that's a defeatist loser attitude. Yeah, you I, like, we I did pretty good though. Have, yeah, how many interviews did you do yesterday? Five. Did you see Randy Moss by any chance? <laughs> no, I did not. No, we heard <laughs> he's around here. Yeah, somewhere. I, I landed to a whole bunch of texts and private messages about that on Tuesday. Yeah, did, you knew there was a white Randy Moss, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the horse racing guy. Oh, well, but he's also NFL Network. Yeah, he he's was, was yeah. yeah, many years ago. Yeah. But uh, he's now known more for the NBC uh, horse race. That got like a million video views, yeah. that whole thing.
Crazy. Yeah, Sports Bash gets about 25,000. <laughs> there you go. That's on average bad. on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. And by the, yeah. time, you know, the other thing that we haven't brought up yet, the last time you were with us in studio in New York, you wanted Lane Lambert, the Islander coach, fired. Yeah. Uh, I remember asking you, I said, how's your season going? What's going on? I'll give you a, a, a couple seconds here on the Islanders. Uh -huh. And you said, you want the fight? The coach fired. You don't like the line combinations. All this other stuff that yeah. you're screaming about. I don't like losing. Right, nobody does. But then now you have Patrick Waz, your new head coach. Yeah. Do you like the way that he's handling the team thus far? I like the fire that he's shown on the bench during games and in practices. It's Has like he changed the lines at all, or are they pretty much the same? I mean, he's probably tweaked a couple of things. And obviously, there's been some injuries, too. And he's had to shuffle guys in and out. They just got Pelican and Pollock back on the blue line. So, uh, Zizekas is coming back uh, this week. So... We'll see what happens, but I just like the fire. I like the fact that they, they they look a little more organized. Right. Okay, good. You know, I was thinking, if you would have reached out yesterday, we could have had given you a credential for the Drew Barrymore show. You could have come and watched that taping. Yeah, I, I could have, but I was I busy like working. Ah, come on. What's... You got Dr. Working. Oz and what the are cane, you doing? whatever. I mean, you come and you hang out. You could have... That would have been a thrill for you, no? Drew Barrymore? Yeah, I, I, I it would have, but I had things to do. I, well, okay, I'm, I'm here on Vinny Tickets, Dime. He is a very busy man. <laughs> no, it's, that's and by true. the way, uh, you know, I hope you have your own room. I do. Oh, that's good. <laughs> staying with Vinny Tickets. No. Where are you staying? <laughs> In Mandalay Bay. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you're around here and you run into people. They're like, "So, so where are you staying? Yeah. <laughs> where are you staying? <laughs> I know. You know, like that kind of thing." And then they wait for you to answer, and then if it's not one of the like this place here, the win. You know, then people, oh, you're at the Wynn. It's a very nice hotel. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, right? right, exactly. Yeah, but if you say, like, New York, New York or something like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. We were driving out to the golf course. It was like this little Best Western or something 20 minutes out of town. And Jerry goes, I guarantee that's where Peter Schwartz is staying. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no. But no. So we came here one, We came here with the Dragons one time when, the, when they had, uh, Vegas had a team. And, uh, oh, it's great. We're going to, you know, stay on the strip and everything. Took us to some hotel attached to a gas station three blocks off the strip. Like, that, was that, that was known as Heroin Alley over yeah, there. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. That wasn't I know good. exactly where that is. <sighs> hey, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. So Peter Schwartz does Vegas. You're used to doing Vegas. I've, you, I've been here a few times. Cheryl and I were here on vacation a couple of times. Arena Bowl, XFL, that kind of stuff. Arena like Bowl. I like in my in moderation. Yeah, yeah, like video blackjack. Video blackjack. Yeah, because I won't I won't go to the table anymore. Because the first time I ever played the game, a friend of mine took me to Atlantic City. Yeah, taught, said, you know, play some blackjack, and I'm like, oh, I've never played before. Teach, I, I know, didn't know anything about it. So he gave me some basic principles. So I get to the table, and I'm actually winning. You know, a few hands doing some doing well, and then I get seventeen, and I. Again, I didn't know what I was. I said, hit me. Oh, God. Right? Oh, the oh, the table. Horrible mistake, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, bust. This guy to my right yeah. unloads on me. Yeah, I well. mean, literally unloads on me. <clears throat> Excuse me. He um, cursing at me. That was my seven that you drew. It's true. Blah, blah, blah. He's right. I said, well, yeah, but he, <laughs> he didn't have to be that crazy on me. No problem. You're right. And, uh, and, and, like, and like my friend jumps in and goes, hey, dude, it's his first time playing. I don't care. He effing shouldn't have hit on 17. I could have won the hand. Yeah, but so they, I, don't play, I don't play at the table. You know, I, when you come here and you sit at one of these tables, you really do see the, the true human experience. Yeah. And what humans can turn into when money is involved. 
and your decision impacts their money. Right. But he was the only, was, uh, there were like five other people at the table. So it's you not. You heard it. Only you took a seven, man. I took a seven. He was probably sitting there at fourteen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. I mean, that, who knows what he had been through that day? He might have lost like ten grand earlier. Who knows? Yeah, you know. Yeah, the people uh, get fired. Not my problem. <laughs> do you uh, do you hit the sports books at all? Uh, not so far on this trip, but I have in the past. You are. Are you going to lay any money on the Islanders? I don't know if I spend a hundred dollars, but yeah, I yeah. might I might throw a nominal amount. Nominal. A nominal amount. All right. So what are we on the game? What are we doing today? So who who do you have in the can? So first? uh today, um who do we have today? Oh, uh Laura Oakman from Fox Sports. All right. Is gonna, uh, All right. said she's gonna drop by. She was a little too busy yesterday. Okay. Right. Uh Bilal Powell is coming tomorrow. All right. So we got Check. that hooked yep. up. All right. Um oh, yeah. You know, a new show coming out, The Farmer Wants a Wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Vinny Tickets is connected with a PR person. And last night at dinner, she said, oh, you know that new show? Would you like to talk to the farmer who wants a wife? Yes. Yes. You better. That'll be on uh, today sometime. Good. Yeah. You're going to talk to the farmer, the who, farmer wants a wife. who wants a wife. That yeah. is great. Awesome. This is the most radio row thing so ever, is it yeah. not? 100%. Oh, I think Brian Baldinger is dropping by today. Oh, that's a good one. Classic sports. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And then uh, later on today is a big WrestleMania kickoff press conference at T-Mobile Arena. Oh, wow. So wow. they've got Are you interested like, in doing that? So like, no, that's what Evan was calling me about on the air the other day. Oh, I'm going oh, to that. Be... I got a credential. I'm going oh, to that. Okay. The Rock's going to be there. Roman Reigns. Oh, wow. You, Evan might use you to ask some questions. He's, he has my number. Okay. He can text me. All right, very good. Peter All right, Schwartz. well, listen, the Peter Schwartz experience here in Vegas. There you go. <laughs> and some big dinner on on the on hand tonight. Oh, I'm not sure ooh. where that is, but some ooh. big dinner. Big dinner. Like last tickets? night, like last night, there was a big dinner last night. A Vinny tickets dinner. A Vinny, yeah. I, well, I, he was invited with anybody that was with him, and I was with him, so I got an invite. Where 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 did you eat? Uh, it was. <laughs> They were like all like finger foods on the on the table. Finger foods, like finger, like yeah, there were there was there was fingers. I, I had I, to get know, something he, to eat again. Here, here's the thing: his fingers, he's got meat hooks for hands, right? So imagine this: you're out. Here comes the finger food. Uh, waitress over, and then he grabs a piece of finger, and you know the outside of his thumb and his pointer finger are touching the other food that he's left behind. I'm yeah, yeah. No, I'm his very fingers careful. are so freaking big. I'm very careful you know with saying? that. Listen, Sean Landetta was at this dinner last night. Uh, oh my god! And there was a pro football a pro football Hall of Famer that would not take a selfie with me. Sean Landetta took a picture. Okay, who was the Hall of Famer? Michael Irvin. Oh really? Well, he's probably. Well, I went up to him for sexual <laughs> well, assault. Well, no, I went up to him at one point. And I asked, and he said, "Yeah, I'm just got to make a phone call, and I'll take care of it." Then he was leaving, so I went up to try and ask him again, oh, yeah. and his and his handler said, "Step away. We're not doing that tonight." Oh, okay. Oh, step yeah. away. Step, step away. Step away. I love very like we had this great dinner last night. You don't know the name of the place that you came up with finger foods. It was at the the Virgin Hotel. I don't know. Finger, a 36 ounce porterhouse is a finger food for you, though. No, <laughs> no I still need a fork and a knife. And Come Peter, on. Peter, could you have handled his handler or no? Yeah, it was, you know, shorter than Al. Same stock, I would say. Same stock. <laughs> same stock. Okay. Like 135 pounds. <laughs> at that point, like, when you get the hand, yeah, step they, away. So, uh, gee, when we were leaving the Summit Club yesterday, yeah. chef comes up and says, hey, you guys want some Wagyu sliders? Yeah, we're like, nah, we got to leave. And you like and really the, sold then it. Then I thought twice about it. I'm like, nah, we'll each take one. Yep. How many do you think Peter could have downed? Oh, my God. How and big they, were they? I mean, they're a little just traditional slider size. 
It's not like White Castle. Five or six. No, more than that. I'm you telling think you. So? Oh, they were so good, and it just it wasn't heavy either. I I could have had six. Uh huh. So I think you probably could have put down ten, ten, twelve. I'd be up to the challenge one day. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Uh, Peter, it's great seeing you. Yes. I'm glad you're having a good time. Uh, text us if you got time to kill. Maybe we'll hang out. Okay. Grab a grab a beer or something. In an out burger with Vinny tickets. In an out burger. I've actually never. That's had on my to do list before I leave on Friday night. <laughs> all right, all right. Very good, Peter. <laughs> of course yeah. it is. Uh, you gonna go take a nap now or what? I don't know if I can go back to sleep. I got to get to Radio Row, get a spot. You know, get a spot. You don't already have a spot. We don't have a reserve spot. Oh, okay. So what do you do? You just plop down in the middle I of the hallway? I found an empty table that nobody was at, and okay. nobody showed up at that table that day. So. Did you have to bring, I saw you had like a thing behind a, you. A sign? Yeah, big sports bash sign. Yeah. You had to pack that and bring it yourself? No, he had it ordered and shipped here. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Any tickets doesn't mess around. No, it's first class all the way. First class yeah. all the way. All right, Peter. Take care, man. Always uh, good to see you guys. Yeah, great, great to see hey, you. Hey, Peter. Don't don't forget your shirt. Yeah, I know. Don't forget your shirt. Uh, the great Peter Schwartz is I, uh, I with mean, us. That, that has some, some of the most material I've ever seen. <laughs> That shirt, the shirt is enormous. Yeah, but you could definitely use that as a as a rug in a small room. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It is Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Out in Vegas still. It's Thursday as we trudge through this Super Bowl week. Super Bowl 58. Jerry is here with the sports. What's going on, Jerry? Good morning. Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, humid, great dog food delivered right to your door. Brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So I'm going to play you something from last year. Because uh, Yes, because it will tie into the next clip that I'm going to play is we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. There are certain things that certain people should have companionship for. Mm. You've heard of this man before, and you like this man, sort of. Play the clip there, Zoo. If the ball drops and you are alone, and I can tell you I've never, you know, fortunately I've never experienced that. Same thing with the Super Bowl. If you are not at a party somewhere or having a party, there's something wrong. You need to reassess that. (laughs) So don't be a loser and watch the Super Bowl alone. Can't do that. Yep. Play the next clip, Zoo. I like to watch the games alone. I want to have fun with the game. That's it. You're good. That's all. <laughs> I mean, he likes to watch the games alone. and likes to have a couple drinks, right? He has the whole thing set up. It's like an itinerary. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah absolutely. Yeah. He, he follows that to a T now, and he puts a bet on the game, too. So gets high and gambles and watches the game below. <laughs> uh, now, did you remember that from last year, no, the Mike thing? Oh. I saw Marco put that. He found the Russo clip, okay. and then he must have remembered it. Maybe Funhouse posted it. I don't know. But he put that Mike clip in from a year ago, oh, right after great. the Russo clip went in. You you want a loser if you watch a game alone. Okay, <laughs> You need to be assessed. You need to sit down. Someone's got to evaluate you if you're watching the Super Bowl alone. I watch the games alone. <laughs> By myself, nobody around. <laughs> you can't make it up. You can't script this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the ticket prices are pretty exorbitant, as you can imagine. They can cost you a pretty penny to get into the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, here was Charles Barkley on his podcast when he is um, alerted to the fact that these ticket prices are in the thousands and thousands of dollars. What's tickets to the Super Bowl? Between sixty-three hundred and forty-four thousand. I don't give a damn how much money you got. If you pay forty-four thousand dollars to go to the Super Bowl, 
you a damn fool and an idiot. That's crazy. <laughs> I knew those. Uh, Peter's on the phone, by the way, as he's walking by. Like, you know, people are calling him. Hey, great spot. <laughs> uh, but I, I knew that Charles Barker was going to work idiot in there. Always fool, does. Fool and idiot. Is too, you a damn fool. You an idiot. You a moron. Uh, he's right, though. I mean, unless you're someone who's just exorbitantly wealthy and $44,000 is nothing. But, if, if, I mean, if that's the case, you probably end up in one of those boxes if you're that. I don't think he is, no. Yeah. Uh, well, no. you know, look, how, how how about if you're Taylor Swift? Well, she's got the NFL paying for her stuff, right? So who knows? <clears throat> that yeah. is true. But I mean, if you're someone or if you're if you're a famous person like Charles Barkley, you can't go with regular tickets. <laughs> Murdered by everybody. <laughs> Sit in the third level. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, with a hot dog. Are you kidding me? There's no way. Not going to work. Yeah. That is very true. Uh, and then one other one uh, in the NFL world, and this is this goes to the issue maybe the Cowboys have had over the last 30 years now where they really haven't won anything uh, since 1995, the 95 season. This was Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco, and much like a lot of people are saying, it's the owner and why the owner is the issue. When you think of the Cowboys, tell me who you think of. When you think of Kansas City, who you think of? Patrick Mahomes. When you think of the Dallas Cowboys, who you think of? Jerry right away. He continuously steals the spotlight when he's not the player. And maybe that is the issue. You buy that. They've had really good teams and good players. I think if you're the coach down there like Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett... Uh, Wade Phillips, you got to deal with the owner that basically is out there every week talking. And, I don't like uh, your attitude. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if the players have the ability to go directly to the owner without dealing with the coach. But what? Maybe. That's a problem. They won 12 games this year and won the division. What yeah. does that have to do with them being unprepared to play on Sunday against the Packers? I, I just think it's, you know, what they're re reflecting back on is that the players should be getting the credit. It should be the players and the coaches. And the owner should, you know, give his state of the, you know, ownership and state of the team once a year. And then that's it. And then disappear. For, month, for the most part, almost all those teams follow that model. Well, he talks twice a week. So yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's a problem. <clears throat> and here's something. Settle down just a little bit. Thank you. So we play his clips and sometimes he goes off the rails, but he's still relatively sharp. He is. Now, as the years go on and maybe he's not as sharp. Will there be people that pull him away from these interviews? Because, know. you know, because when you're Jerry Jones, nobody says no to you. Well, Steven speaks too. Great. <laughs> but you remember, like, you know, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to deal with this anyway. You remember what Jerry was talking this about? This wasn't predictable. <laughs> yeah, Jerry had, Jerry Recco had Jerry Jones dead no. last offseason. No, I didn't. He was, he was predicting no, that. Oh, I did not predict you know, anything. These are numbered. <laughs> these are numbers. They may not, they not make it through the season. Echoing what he said for the 9,000th time. He, he doesn't also, have many seasons left. <laughs> I mean, that's what you said. I mean, he did say that again, by the way. Jerry Jones yes, did he did after this season. Yes, he did. I'm going to die. <laughs> he wants to see a winner. Yeah, no, of course. I, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'd say what's next, me hit myself with the golf ball, but you've done that already today. So <laughs> Kevin Durant was paid not to play. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Does anybody care about the Nets? <laughs> you know, but I Are they say, still in the league? But again, you know, this morning I heard you and Al talking in the warm-up show. About? You don't care about anything. I don't. <laughs> you don't. I really don't. He was sitting here saying how he doesn't it's care true. about well, because anything. Because I was telling G that the other day. Al is throwing him, you know, uh, situation after situation. He goes, I don't care. I don't care. Perfect <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you work with a co-host like that?
I don't want to talk about streaming services. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers listening to him for the 8,000th time. It, it's, it doesn't interest me. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Anything else? How about when you hit the drive yesterday and you just, the whole flock of seagulls took off? <laughs> yeah. I almost, I almost killed the bird. Yes. That was, that was hilarious because the sound that it made was like, the first you heard the, the, the driver hit the balls. So I was whapped. Then you're... <laughs> yes. And there, literally, there had to be like a hundred of them. Yeah. Didn't quite get it to the fairway. And they all flew right into like a, a pond <laughs> together. Synchronicity, baby. Hey, they all can't be good shots, right? Um, baseball, the Brewers signed Gary Sanchez. Remember him? He's going to Milwaukee. These were the David Stearns clips that I uh, talked about last hour. So he was on the, uh, what the hell's the podcast? Uh, the John Heyman podcast, whatever that's called. Um, you know, hey, man. Yes, exactly. Ambien is what that's called. <laughs> It's not, it's not what it's called. <laughs> so David Stearns was asked, is there a, an extension for Pete Alonso coming? And here was his answer. Pete's a really good player. Um, he's performed on a big stage here for a long time. Uh, I know that. We all know that. I know how important he is to our fan base. Yeah, I think what where we are right now, where Pete is, is, is we're going to uh, – everyone's going to focus on this year. That is a non-answer. I ever heard one. <clears throat> Focus on this year. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, meaning that... It's yes or no. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that they... If they actually wanted to sign him, I'm sure they would They would like to do it now. Uh, but Scott Boris is not going to let that happen. And, and Evan's going to have that, yeah, that beard to the rest of the year. Yeah, but this is not a Mets fault. This is the player and the agent. Oh, I'm not blaming anybody. I just He just didn't really answer the question. He answered it without answering it. Um, one more from him where he does say... Now is where the answer comes in, maybe after 2024, and he's a free agent. The best thing for us is is for Pete to have a great year. The best thing for Pete is for Pete to have a great year. And, and then we'll go forward from there. Um, but we're certainly, you know, we're, we're certainly invested in trying to keep Pete a Met. Um, and I'm hopeful that, that over time we'll be able to work that out. I, you can't be any more matter of fact than that. In that case, yes. But if you really want him to be a Met, I'm with you. Sign him now. It's only going to cost you more money. But they can't do it because the because his agent doesn't want to do it. Oh, you can do it if you want. Well, to. you could do what Brian Cashman did and put out the offer that they gave, <laughs> and True. then and then have Pete turn it down, and then Pete looks like the bad guy, just like Brian Cashman did with Aaron Judge. Yeah, and then at the end of the season, when Aaron Judge goes on to have an MVP type season, yep, they have to pay him double what they ordered. That's offered. right, and that's exactly what Pete and Boris I thought you were supposed to worry about that anymore with this owner, though. You're glaring at me, but like these yeah, were not he, supposed to be met problems anymore. I think he also has like a hundred million dollars that he already owes the players that are not playing here. Well, that's his fault. The Nets, kind of, you know how they pay you guys not to play. I, I did hear that. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> did you hear we quit the softball team? I did hear that too. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I had a point there. Oh yeah. So I don't think it's a a lack of funds thing, Jerry. I think that David Stearns. <clears throat> legitimately doesn't know if Pete Alonso is part of the future of the team right now. That, that's what I think. And I don't think it's one of these, because they, they, what do they offer Yamamoto? How much money? They did offer so him a he, lot. They, they've got the money if they want to keep him. I just, I don't think that David Stearns is completely sold so, right, on so him being a Met for the rest of his career. Right, that's a different story. Yeah. That's a completely different story. Now that's, that comes down to performance and how they view Pete Alonso. If in fact, 
That is why they have not offered him or wanted to resign him. Now they want to see him up close and personal and under a pressurized situation. Which tells me. Where he can be consistent throughout the season and not go missing for six weeks. Also tells me more likely they trade him. <sighs> Depends it, how the season goes, right? Well, I mean, if they are out of it. Like, you've seen what Pete Alonso is. What else do you need to know? I agree. I, I know. But, I mean, I just... I, David Stearns does not seem like right. a guy that is committed to Pete Alonso. And in the fan base, too, when we, when we talk about this, the Met fan gets so angry. Like the, the social media reaction from this is David Stern says he wants to keep him around, but they're going to let him play out. He's not going to let him go. He's not going to trade him this and that. The fan base loves that guy, as we know. So that is a part of this, too. And, and you could be, say you could be as ruthless as, as you want to be, as Steve Cohen and David Stearns, but you got to think about that, especially if the season's going in the toilet. Just like with the Giants, I really believe that part of the reason why they kept Saquon Barkley around was because they don't have any other players. And people are going to show up at the game, these season ticket holders at least have a guy who can do something fun on the football field. I think the same thing goes with Pete maybe at the trade deadline. All right, quickly, the uh, Knicks are home for Dallas tonight. Jalen Brunson, questionable. Uh, OG Ananobi has been ruled out, though, because of the elbow. Nets take on the Cavaliers so they can help out your Knicks a little bit tonight if they can beat Cleveland. Right now, Cleveland one game up on New York for the second spot in the East. Trade deadline coming up at 3 o'clock today. Seton Hall beat Georgetown 76-70. More Ranger sound coming up next hour because I found some Peter Laviolette talking about the goaltender situation. Jonathan yeah. Quick last night, 18 saves and a 3-1 went over the Lightning. Jimmy VC did score two times in the in the game. The Rangers now 32-16-3 on the season. Coming up tonight, you got the Lightning and the Islanders, and the Devils take on the Flames. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Build Ford Tough Studio. Sports Network. Man, these guys, I, I feel like I bring this up all the time, whether it's Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll now with Nick Saban. These guys just can't, Tom Brady, they just can't stay away. They have to do something. And Nick Saban, who is the greatest college coach of all time, decides to retire, get out of this crazy nil world, and live his life at the lake house. But he has to take a college football uh, job with ESPN. Has to do it. I mean, and I know he's th these guys that want to be around the game. They want to have a presence. I'm sure they're paying him a very, very nice salary. <clears throat> I just it's it's just amazing to me that when you get you're that accomplished at that age that you still still feel like you got to do something, you know. And and I just I know he'll have plenty of time in the off season to do whatever he wants and. You know, maybe he's just thinking like, listen, on, on Saturdays during college football season, I got to be in the mix somehow. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't get it because he's over 70. He's made probably 150 to 200 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, they probably owe him some money uh, that was probably left on the table. And I would also think that, you know, getting away from it will be something that he could appreciate. <laughs> because know. when you're in it, it basically eats you up. And that's what Coach Cower said a ton of times. And, you know, the the other aspect, it's not really so much the nil stuff. It's the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's driving all the coaches crazy. Especially, you know, when you're developing a player and then all of a sudden he gets to a sophomore year and then he decides to enter the transfer portal because you have developed him. He's put on weight. He looks bigger. He's faster. And a team like Ohio State or LSU 
wants to give him one hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's right. See it. That's exactly right. So it is. It is a huge problem, and that's why Chip Kelly wants to get the hell out of UCLA because UCLA is not going to give him the money to be able to pay players. UCLA sees themselves as, hey, you want to come and play at a great school in a great situation uh, up in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. This is like history and all all of that. It doesn't matter. These players now are completely out of control. And even Deion Sanders said, he goes, you know, I can't I can't even bring in college uh, high school players anymore. <clears throat> I need to go to the transfer portal. And by the way, that's a mess. The Colorado thing's going to be a mess and it's going to get blown up before you know it. Sportsman of the year. Deion Sanders. Oh, How the hell did I, that happen? I, I have no idea. I, re- I really don't. It is. It, it it could turn into a colossal mess. Maybe he's just there because his kids are there with him. Yeah. And that works out, and they end up getting drafted. Both players seem to be uh, worthy of high draft picks. Sure. Um, but I... I, I just, you know, Colorado's not winning anything. No, no, they, they, they are not. <laughs> right. Uh, so another guy on TV that might do the reverse and get back into coaching is Rex Ryan, who's getting defensive coordinator interviews. The Dallas Cowboys, after Dan Quinn left for the commander's job, uh, of course, uh, that defensive coordinator job is open, and he he interviewed for that. So this is yeah. the first time in a while that he's been in this this interview cycle stuff. So what was interesting is that you know Bart Scott working with Bart used to tell me that they used to meet like together as a defense, and you would love to be around Rex when he's talking defense and he's calling defenses, and he was really aggressive and he was all about you know getting after the other team and and doing it with like high energy that kind of thing. Yeah. I just, I would just wonder how long that relationship could could last between Mike McCarthy, Rex Ryan, and Jerry Jones. That, that would be a very interesting threesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rex is one of those guys that if you bring him in, you have to understand that that's probably a shiv spot situation. He wants to be a head coach again. He has made no bones about that. If he is taking a defensive coordinator job, that means that he's got his sights on becoming a head coach once again, especially if you're going to a place where a guy was already on a hot seat and then Rex is just sitting there. And if he turns that defense around or whatever, it gets him playing great. And then he's doing his press conferences and being Rex. I mean, all of a sudden, an owner can fall in love with him. And the next thing you know, he's back in the game. Yeah, I, I can see him back in the game as defense coordinator. I don't know about a head coach. I mean, his uh, experience up there in Buffalo, I don't think it was all that great. Yeah. Um, but I, if you want a volatile, very high-energy guy standing on the sideline calling defenses, that's your guy. That, yeah. that is 100% your guy. And now he's got his new teeth, and he's got his new eyebrows, and he's got the, the uh, facelift going. So he's he's looking the part now. He's got a new he's got new eyebrows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Are you sure about that? Positive. Yep. Or eyelids, something. Yeah, right. he's always looks surprised now. He's got the Adam Gaze look. No, not quite. Uh, a little bit different. I, Alan, I believe that he he got a legit facelift, like his face was pulled pulled back. You know what? I will check that out the next time I see it and see if I can confirm that. Yeah. Well, we did get confirmation on Phil's lady glasses yesterday, which was another thing that this show made news with this week. Yep. Yes, I, you know, I actually. Do had you dinner. believe that Phil Sims wears lady glasses? Or are they men's oh, no, glasses? No, no, no. I don't feel that he wears them. He does wear them. <laughs> no, no, no. He wears his wife's eyeglasses. <laughs> so this came up at dinner last night. Uh-oh. Oh. So I had dinner with Phil, Chris Sims, uh, Howie Long, uh, Chris Long, 
and Steve Rosner and, and, and our guy Nick and listening to those guys talk. And then, of course, I tell them that JB came on and confirmed that you wore Diana's glasses. He's like, you guys with the glasses? I said, it's not me. I said, it's Gio. Well, Gio oh. had to ask him about the de- the glasses. I only had Al ask him about the dogs. Yeah. Like, what about the, the dogs? dogs? So, I, you know, you guys get me in trouble with these people. And then you put JB on the spot. And that was probably the most awake I've seen JB that early in the morning. <laughs> and, he did, and he gave us a great interview. Oh, he did. He was awesome. And I, I was just very surprised that that he went in and confirmed that because he's just... He'd been so nice to everybody throughout the interview, and then he just slammed Phil Sims at the Again, end. No hesitation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Right like, no, in. no, 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 no. I know he by, by, by the way, that's not slamming. That's just giving you accurate information from his perspective because he sits next to Phil. Knocked him and out. He, and, and he and Phil have conversations. Ba-boom. Ba-boom, no. JV with the uppercut. Yeah, I don't the think Phil so. Knocked yeah, him out. Phil was a little annoyed last night at dinner, though. <laughs> oh, shocker. We ate in at Sinatra's over in the Encore. It's a very good restaurant. Okay. Nice Italian restaurant. I had a little Vio Subuco. Ooh. Very nice. All right. Yeah. How he liked the truffle. Well, he likes truffle, I guess. Doesn't seem like a truffle guy, right? No. By the way, he's still like very large. Very large <laughs> human man, human being. Yeah, of course. That guy has not aged at all, right? With meat hook hands. Too, yeah, man. another guy. Another guy. Another with the guy. Big oh, yes. Yeah, he. No one has aged better on television than than him. I think, honestly. I mean, we have a very nice conversation. Then the tornado Chris Sims comes in. Yeah, you know, just ruined it. No, he didn't ruin it. But okay. I mean, just all of a sudden he put a charge into the whole dinner. Oh, okay. I thought he was one of those guys <clears throat> who was like a conversation terrorist. You know, that just comes in and takes. No, and he ordered some vodka. Uh, Chopin vodka. Vodka. Chopin vodka. Yeah, it's, it's according to him now. I, I I'm not a vodka drinker. You know, I'm the tequila drinker. Yeah. So I uh, he was talking about how this is healthy for you because it's potato vodka <laughs> as opposed to the corn vodka. Vodka isn't Tito's potato vodka too? I think I don't know. You go. It was Chopin. Sure. I didn't. I had never heard of it. <laughs> and then you know we were asking Phil, do you know who Chopin is? He's a composer. Yes, we yeah, we know that. Yeah. yeah. I think Phil thought he was uh, like a farmer in Kentucky or something. I don't know. Yeah, like I mean, honestly, who, the the vodka and the potatoes—that's not—that's not our speed. We are all about the Casamigos, one hundred percent, and the agave plants that are grown in the mountains of Jalisco. <laughs> that's where we go. You can have your potatoes. <laughs> you can. Have, you can have your potatoes. Go to Ireland and have as many potatoes as you want. Go man. for it. Go for we'll it. We'll be hanging out in the mountains of Jalisco in right. the agave. Plants. But he was claiming that it was healthier for you, and it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the same guy who walked out of the restaurant, right? When we was just a prime rib. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, it was just it. prime rib. You couldn't handle it, right? That was in San Francisco. Right? He had said to get up and get out. Yeah, there were too many people. It was a really long table and it was so full. And he just like, he goes, you know what? This is too much for you. I'm leaving. I was so jealous <laughs> that someone was able to admit that in front of a crowd. I remember yeah. thinking like, wow, what a... And what you've never move. done that since? No. I figured I, that... I never pulled it off. So I, I kind of think that we got Phil... I felt Chris, uh, you know, involved in this whole uh, media thing when he would come in and sit for, in for me and yeah. things of that nature. And he was pretty good, right? I mean, but now he's all football all the time. I know you'd like to see my scrotum. See? <laughs> that's that. the guy that I remember. But now all of a sudden... He's just ranking quarterbacks all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's so all he's doing. Well, I top mean... Top five this, top five that. 
he's doing his thing. Damn right. His world. Right. That's what he should be doing. He's grinding. Grinding it out. He's grinding it out now. All right. I I know he's into ingredients and all because when he was filling in a few years ago, he used to bring his own cereal. And one time he told us that he was having a hard time uh, getting uh, aroused. And uh, he he said he went to the doctor and the it was the he was eating too much soy in his cereal was wow he's yeah a, that was yeah, revealed male testicles yep yeah but he yeah. got to the bottom of it it was the well, now he's drinking potato vodka yeah which is more manly <laughs> yes <laughs> yes than than the soy owner killer he was he was eating soy cereal with soy milk that was too much soy yeah Mad, so it's ruining his testosterone correct okay. All right, former Geo on the fan and CBS very, Sports. Very interesting fella, that Chris <laughs> Sims. Built <laughs> <laughs> Ford Toffet Studio from the. Blue Wire Studios here at the Win Las Vegas. So are you thinking anything differently about this Super Bowl than maybe when we started on Monday? So we're here Thursday. We've been here for three days. Uh, we're inundated with all these statistics and all these different interviews. And, and we're going to redo all of this stuff come Sunday on Super Bowl today, Sunday as well, for four hours. Yep. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, what was your your thought coming in was Patrick Mahomes, right? Yes, because I had been burned twice in the playoffs where I bet on the Bills and then bet on the Ravens and lost. So I, I have to, I, I just couldn't do it again. Uh, I will be rooting for the 49ers. I'd much prefer the 49ers to, to win this Super Bowl. But if I bet the game, I would have to bet the Chiefs. And it, it's just because of that guy. That's it. Well, and Andy Reid, obviously. But I just, I just cannot see him... Now, with all this experience that he's had in Super Bowls and the run that they have had as the underdog and the and the the uh, the road wins, I just don't see him playing a bad game. And and this 49ers defense, maybe they show up and maybe they're the early season version of themselves that was dominant and dominant last year in this game. But they have not been impressive at all through the postseason. No, they've been run on. Yeah. And one of the things that the Kansas City Chiefs have really worked on in the last two years, number one, they rebuilt their defense. And number two, Isaiah Pacheco has been the hammer. And, you know, he has run hard. He's run well. And both the Lions and the Packers really ran well against San Francisco. Sitting with Howie last night at dinner, he was like, are Nick Bosa and Chase Young ever going to figure out that there's a wide receiver that is blocking down on them? Or is going to like you know crack crack back block on them because neither one of them did a very good job against either team in those scenarios. Yeah, and how he said you know if that were me out there, the first thing I would do is I would try to take that wide receiver's head off. <laughs> he goes, and then this crap will stop. So <laughs> like it's from his perspective, right? So I asked JJ Watt about the same thing, and he goes, you know, Boomer, all I care about is getting sacks. And see, that's the problem. When you play against the guy, that's all they're thinking about is getting sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback. Their aggressiveness can take them out of a game. And they can take them out of a game by not being aware of who's blocking them and where the block's coming from. Or you can run underneath them because they're coming up so wide thinking that they have to get the sack. I remember doing that against Bruce Smith. We would use, we used to run a lot at Bruce Smith. Not that he was, wasn't good against the run. He was. But he was more concerned about getting the sack because they know that they get paid on, they get paid by sacks. That's, that's their job is to ruin the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's sort of what happened with uh, Micah Parsons too in that playoff game. They were they were running at him. Yes, uh, and he did not uh, he did not handle it well. That was so, the Packers. Yeah, the Packers game, right? And well, uh, Aaron Jones was back and he was healthy. And man, he's one of the better running backs when he is finally healthy. Yeah, and uh, speaking of football, local football. So we were talking about how Mike Kafka was denied an opportunity to be the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, they elevated him to assistant head coach now uh, to give him a little more money and say, uh, hey, we want to keep you here and we're uh, a fan of yours and all that stuff. Uh, it really is amazing, though. And I, I know that Daniel Jones had a, a very good year that got him the contract. And this past year, Tommy DeVito, who is an undrafted free agent, was able to win a couple games for them. But the Giants offense sucks. I mean, they have been terrible. And and Mike Kafka's getting his door knocked on by all these places, so much so they gotta elevate him to assistant head coach. Well let's let's also remember it is a relationship that Brian Dayball trusts, you know, so Mike Kafka's not creating waves in the yeah. in the because he was, believe me, they'd let him go. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a loyal soldier to, to Brian Dayball, and I think that's what Brian needs. Hey, look, let me just tell you something. You look at these freaking uh, these NFL ranks for this defense. Ugh. I mean, it offense. is brutal. I mean, offense, yeah. it is brutal. Their points per game with 30th. Opponents' points per game against them, 26th. Uh, Their passing yards, 31st. Now, they had injuries. It wasn't Daniel Jones throwing the ball, so you have to take that into account. Uh, the takeaways, how about that? Yeah, but wait. But that, yeah, they, take, they had a good takeaway season. So yeah, this is, but this is so combined offense and defense. Right. I was, I was confused. But I was going to say the takeaways was yeah. was tied for number one. Wow, and, and I believe it was the Baltimore Ravens was the other team that had thirty one takeaways. That's incredible, and they still only won six games. But it's one of the reasons why they did win six games. <laughs> That's right. And right. this, this is one of the things I was telling. Uh, we were talking about this game coming up on Sunday. Is that Patrick Mahomes the last four games? No turnovers. And it goes back to last year's Super Bowl where he was not sacked and Philadelphia was complaining about the field. But last week, I can tell you that Patrick Mahomes in the second half of the game, dare I say it, was a game manager. Oh, uh oh, headlines, awful <clears throat> announcing. Where are you at? But by the way, they were shut out in the second half last week. Yeah. And, you know, unlike Detroit, who was throwing the ball on fourth down as opposed to kicking field goals to get the uh, the spread back to 17 points. Uh, you know, they decided to go for it. Mm -hmm. And then that game flipped. The play that was made was the red zone defense by the Kansas City Chiefs when they knocked the ball out of Zay Flowers' hands. Yep. And they got the ball back on the 20-yard line, and here we go. Here we go. And and Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid managed the game and kept the clock going as long as they could and... Make, makes the big throw to Valdez Scantling at the end of the game to get the, the, the locked up first down. And, and Baltimore kind of just kind of like lost it in a different, like they had three turnovers. Yeah. And they lost by seven points. Yeah. I, I'm sure you were asked this question a million times and I probably asked the question as well. But from Brock Purdy's standpoint, where you have played all these big games now. You played in an NFC Championship game. You played your first playoff game. You were also in a championship game and got hurt the year prior. How much different does it feel when you take that first snap in the Super Bowl as opposed to these other playoff games? <clears throat> or does it not well, feel Well, I, I, just by going in, interviewing him and get the, getting to know him a little bit, I mean, I, I was struck by how calm, how uh, polite, how just understanding of what's happening around him uh, he was. 
Uh, I, I think he's going to have a good Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how he can have a good Super Bowl. The only way that he does not have a good Super Bowl is if the Chiefs are able to defensively do to him what Baltimore did. And you remember in that Baltimore game, there are a lot of tip passes at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that Steve Spagnuolo is telling his defensive players, look, man, if you can't get to him, you got you got to raise your arms. You got to raise. You got to try to tip the ball. We got to try to kind of uh, you know move him off his spot. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if they're <clears> doing that early in the game, and you see a bunch of tip passes, then that that Chiefs defense is going to be locked in, right? And the Chiefs defense has been getting turnovers. Yeah, that that's the other thing. Um, and the 49er defense has been run against. But you take a look at the numbers that these guys have, uh, you know, put up on the in the postseason. You can see. How just how clean the sheet is for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it's just totally clean. Very few mistakes, and he's only been sacked twice in three games, which is, I mean, incredible. And and a lot of it has to do with him and his escapability and and understanding things and feeling the rush and the awareness that you always talk about. It's not all offensive line. It's a lot of that is is him being able to be him. And they don't have any pre snap penalties. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, when uh, I was trying to think, who was it? Uh, it was Houston in their playoff game at wh- wherever they played. I think it was Buffalo. No, was that Buffalo? Yes, it was at Buffalo. They had a million pre-snap penalties, and those penalties killed them. Now, so C.J. Stroud. It was Baltimore who they played. You're talking uh, about the playoffs? Yes, it was, it was yeah, Baltimore. Yeah. So it was uh, C.J. Stroud and a rookie quarterback with an offensive line and young guys all jacked up to play Baltimore. And they had probably like five or six pre-snap penalties that killed them. Yeah. And Kansas City didn't have any of those. And already, like a lot of the the chirping is starting because Nick Bosa has said uh, in regards to the Kansas City tackles, you know, what do you think? Uh, oh, they hold a lot. <laughs> of yeah. course. Get it in there. Yes, of course. Get in the minds of the <clears throat> officials. But I don't think the officials, you know, the officials want to let the guys play. That's the thing. Like when you get to this level... You got a real. It's got to be a real egregious penalty for them to call it. I think. Yeah. I just. I just think that uh, the NFL wants a high scoring game. They want their offenses to flourish, and they tell these officials, "Look, man, obviously call the game as you see it. But let's be smart about how we're calling the game." Yeah, and you just don't want that to be the story when we're sitting back in the studio on Monday morning talking about how it was a bad call that led to whatever team winning because that's just we've had too much of that this year too many of those conversations nfl officiating all the things that they have changed to get this right i just don't want to have that conversation on monday you know i was asked by an nfl executive you know boomer if you could fix the officiating how would you do it i said i don't think people realize just how fast the game is how many rules there are how violent it is what's going on out there and sometimes when these officials have to make a judgment call Judgment call could be a pass interference call, could be roughing the passer call, that kind of thing. That's where we get into, like, a, you know, the officials blew a call or something else like that. The other stuff where you can replay, and they are doing expedited replay from New York City, and this started last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And they do have officials, believe it or not, that are a part of the game, but they, they're not, like, officials where they can throw flags. They're standing next to the head coaches on the sideline. And the reason they're doing that with these backup officials is to make sure that the head coaches are communicating and getting all the answers that they need while they're screaming and yelling at the guys out on the field making the making the the calls. Yeah, didn't I see? I don't know who said it. One of the former officials, I think one of the broadcast officials, 
said that there's a chance that that all of these conversations that they have are are mic'd up so we could hear what the officials are saying when they're making these calls. I think that the NFL uh, and NFL films, of course, is miking everybody up. Yeah, but like and, live, and, we could hear it. Well, the other thing too is that there is, uh, you know, so the the referee, the guy who's in charge of the entire staff, he is tied into New York. And so if there needs to be an expedited replay without throwing a challenge flag or something, or or New York thinks that they got something wrong, they'll have that further discussion announcement. After a further discussion, uh, the ball will be placed here, or the ball was out of bounds, or whatever. And they're trying to expedite all of that stuff to keep it from stopping and slowing the game down. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We'll get Jerry back in here in just a couple of minutes. CBS Sports Network. Jerry is here with a sports update. What is going on, Jerry? Uh, we are brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door and brought to you by Jackpocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. I have an interesting question for yeah. you. What's the best, as a man, what's the best compliment you've ever been given? It might have happened yesterday when Boomer said to me after I hit like four fairways in a row, he said to me, if you keep driving the ball like that, you'll be able to play with anyone. And I said, I'm never going to forget that. It happened yesterday. Okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. You're talking about like a compliment from a woman, though? Could it be. Very, it was a very... Could be from a man. It was a very emotional moment that we had yesterday. Yeah, I know. Okay. Nice. What would be your biggest compliment, Boomer? I think Al talking about my schween. <laughs> Huh. I actually didn't think I'd get anything, uh, any comp to this story, but I just did. Uh, so there's a video out there um, of Drake apparently oh. in bed with a woman. Yeah, is that is that him? Did they well, confirm that here's, it's him? Well, here's what I will tell you. Uh, his buddy sent a voicemail to him, which yeah. is on video, yeah. where he is basically saying how blessed he is as a singer. He is blessed as a performer. He is blessed as this, as that. And he's blessed for the size missile he has. <laughs> missile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this picture, if it's real and it's him, it, I mean, it's. I don't know that it's not him. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think they've denied it. Yeah. I, I, well, why would you? <laughs> you well, that's fair. That's fair, too. That yeah, is no, fair, too. Yeah, that um, I actually didn't see a picture of it. It was it was blurred out. I didn't see I the saw. photo. I just saw the uh, the voicemail from his friend. Yeah. Yeah. As he did it on a live stream. <laughs> Huge penis. All right. That's nice. All right. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's a nice. How do you like me now? Drake penis. That's nice. <laughs> okay. Adam hair makes a ton of sense. <laughs> okay. We move on. Eddie, anybody ever tell you you have a nice missile? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So we get. <laughs> We move on to the NFL here. I had never heard, I didn't hear this coming into this week. Chris Jones of the Chiefs. Now, he's the one that held out, right? A few weeks to begin yes, the season. Yes, to begin the season, Got yes. the contract for the year. They were asking him the possibility of this game Sunday being his last game. Now, what's not clear to me is if they mean as a Chief or if he's going to go into retirement. Either way, here was his answer. I haven't thought about it, man. Um, if it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. I don't really worry about it. Um, I'm worried about winning a Super Bowl, most my guess would be as a chief, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he's not retiring. I mean, you know, he's still right in the middle of his prime. He's still a really good player. 
and somebody will give him a huge contract. It just may be that the Chiefs can't afford can't do him. Right. Well, a guy that does have a nice contract, and rightfully so, is Patrick Mahomes. Here he is talking about the challenge of winning year after year, even though with the salary cap, you've got a basically a rotating roster. Whatever their team needs, they'll go out there and do. Um, and uh, the roster's always going to change. Um, I, I, I explain that to every single player that's here. You never know if you're going to be back in this game again. Um, and so try to maximize your moment, maximize your opportunity, and uh, see what you can do in order to make a memory that will last forever. Mm, well, he's certainly done that for sure. The team they're playing, the 49ers, Brock Purdy's the quarterback. He's been in the headlines because apparently people think he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald, which he kind of does. Uh, but as a football player, here's Christian McCaffrey just throwing bouquets at him. He's the leader of this team. Um, everything starts with him. Uh, he's one of the best players I've ever played with. Uh, and to, to be able to do it just in his second year, I think... You know, what he's done, not just, if you look at the numbers, you know, and you, you didn't put his name at it, you would you would be in awe. Agreed. I also saw, when you look at quarterback stats, isn't it yards per attempt yes. a big one? That's the big one. So, so then why do people call him a game manager if he led the NFL oh, in that it's stat? All, it's all crap. You know, the, um, Patrick Mahomes was the game manager in the second half last week against the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't even score any points. True. But he didn't turn the ball over, managing the game, field position game, and all this other crap. Um, you know, this kid is in a very intricate offense. Calling plays is not easy. Getting formations right. Snapping the ball where a guy, you know, is supposed to be when he's in motion and doing all of those little nuanced things. You know, this, most of this criticism about being a game manager or a system quarterback comes from people who could never even remotely come close to running the intricate offense that the 49ers have. I'm just telling you that. I know, I know like firsthand. Cam, like Cam Newton, you're saying? He could never run the offense. Yeah. Never. And it is intricate. It is most so many moving parts. Uh, every week is different from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, sure, they got great players around him. But I would say the same thing about Joe Montana. Joe Montana had great players around him had a great coach that designed this West Coast offense that he flourished in. And that's why I said they they very, they compare favorably physically Montana and Brock Purdy. Uh, same type of body, same type of athlete, same type of arm release and pass and catchable balls. And he is extremely accurate. And here is one from Purdy. Obviously, you hear clips like the one we just played from McCaffrey on uh, when he believes he earned the trust of his teammates. Even through those three games that we lost in a row, um, you had guys on defense, Dre Greenlaw, Fred, Eric Armstead, like all those guys continue to come up to me and say, dude, we got your back. You know, this is the NFL. It's not easy. And so um, it was in those moments that I knew I was all right. These guys got my back and we can go. And how about the fact, I don't know if you, he was, um, he wanted to draft Purdy, but was overruled when he was at Carolina. He said, yeah. guys, not like Brock Purdy, we're like, do not, do not fall for his pump fake, right? Because Brock would come out, he'd pump fake. And first game, he gets, he's 10 yards down the field, he pump fakes, our DBs are jumping. I'm like, he's past the line of scrimmage. So a lot of respect for Brock. I was going to get to that, but the, the point is that he yeah. says he wanted to draft him. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, there are guys that are claiming that they wanted to draft Patrick Mahomes. There are guys that are claiming that they wanted to draft ben Dan McAdoo, Marino. Right? Remember, yeah, well, yeah. we all know about Ben McAdoo, but how about, the, how about all the teams that passed over uh, Dan Marino? Yeah. Oh, and now they look back. Oh, I really wanted him. You know, I was a player personnel guy for this team. And, you know, I was fighting a good fight, but I couldn't get it through because the owner wanted some other jackass.
<laughs> Understood. It happens every year. Yes. Uh, you got the Knicks home for Dallas tonight. Jalen Brunson questionable with the ankle. OG Ananobi ruled out. This one is from uh, Tiki Barber yesterday. Oh. Now, we've heard many people talk about Tibbs and the way he plays his players. So Tiki clearly not happy that the Knicks have injured players with this head coach doing things the way he does things. Tom Thibodeau, who is stuck in his ways on... I'm only going to play these seven guys. Maybe this eighth guy will get it's 35 seconds, right? I'm going to play these guys 43 minutes a night. I'm going to I'm going to grind them because that's what we need to do to win. It's great until something like this happens. Now, I understand his point, but he turned his ankle. Yeah, I mean, normally they play nine guys, not seven. Uh, they are already missing a number of starters, are. Uh, including Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and, and OG Ananobi. So the bench is going to be shorter anyway. And a guy like Precious Achua is going to play 40 minutes in a game. So I think it's just happenstance. I, part of uh, Tiki's criticism I do agree with because we've all said it yeah. ab about the rotation and the minutes that certain guys play. Well, the Julius Randle injury, you could say that he, he shouldn't have been in there and that ended up being a, a pretty big injury. The OG Ananobi one, I mean, he, he, just, he just got here. Uh, no one knew what the hell was going on with that. Bone spurs. And the Jalen Brunson one, I mean, he just, that could happen at any point. It could happen. Don't, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> but, don't, but don't forget what happened. The Knicks went out to a big lead. Brunson was taken off the court. Yes. And then they had to put him well, back why? in. Right. Because Memphis was making a run. run. Right, exactly. Y'all win the game. That's right. Yeah, you uh, think he meant to say kiss my ass or just go, like, go kiss go. ass? I've never heard go kiss ass. Who is this? Tiki. Tiki. Let's said, hear it. Go kiss ass, dude. That's pretty go clear. Kiss, that says go kiss ass. No, I know, but you think he I meant don't... to say kiss well, my ass? Well, let me ask you this. this. You would never throw the go in front of that. Yeah, it's just weird. Wait, go what, what, kiss ass. You know ass. what the context he was talking about? He was in a fight with a caller about something, and then he goes, go kiss ass, dude. I've heard that before. Really? I don't not. kiss my ass. Go kiss somebody else's ass. <laughs> go kiss Peter Schwartz's ass. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I've never heard go kiss ass, dude. But I love it. That's all I want to... I mean, I have to credit him every time I use it. But I, I, I am now... That's what I'm going to say to people. Go kiss ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Trade deadline today uh, at 3 p.m. College basketball, Seton Hall beat Georgetown 76-70. All right, let's get to your guy, Peter Laviolette. This was before uh, last night's game between the Rangers and the Lightning. Now, Jonathan Quick wound up starting in goal again. Uh, so if you were wondering if there's anything going on between Quick, Shosturkin, what Laviolette's thinking, is there a change coming? Here was Laviolette. La Fortunate situation where, you know, we've got two good goaltenders. And um, coming off the All-Star break, it was a plan for Chesty just to get some work in, some practice time, and prepare himself for the final stretch run. And he said uh, the goal, or the idea was for, it was always scripted that Quick was playing these first two games out of the yes. break. And now Shesterkin, you would think, will go forward and be well, back Well, they behind. play in Chicago, one of the worst teams in a league, is their next game. So let's throw Shesterkin out there to win that game and play well in that game. But, you know, again... Tampa only had 19 shots on goal yeah, last night. And he stopped 18 of them. Right. But that's that's how you, you get a good goal. You don't need a guy to make, you know, 44 out of 45 shots. You need defense. You need to keep the puck out of the middle of the ice. And you need to get the puck out of your zone. And you need to score, as we hear Kenny Albert on TNT. He's one of the best goals in the league, East to West. Oh, here we got a goal. Take it away, Hanks. Play by play. Jimmy Vesey. Play, Jimmy Vesey, my old teammate. Wow. Jimmy Vesey gives the Rangers a 1-0 lead. 
So Henrik Lundqvist, Kenny Albert, one nothing there. The Rangers win three one. BC would also add an empty net goal. Uh, Johnny Brzezinski, he had a goal. Here was quick How after about that. Bottom, bottom six. Johnny Brzezinski, yes. Here, balls out of the bottom six, man. That was a nice sight. Here was quick. There's no question that Shosturkin's our guy. Uh, he's, he's best in the world, man. It, it's uh, Honestly, I, I learned so much from just watching him in practice. And, um, you know, his, his work ethic and everything that he brings to the table every day, practice days, game days, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's impressive. All right, I think a lot of this stuff comes also from the national media that is covering the Rangers. And the Rangers had like a six-week span there where they were a 500 team. They weren't playing great. And Chesterker wasn't playing great. And you look at his goals against, and you look also as a save percentage, and you're like, man, he's in a slump. And then, of course, Jonathan Quick, you know, one of the great goaltenders of his era, comes in here and outplays everybody's expectations. This is what's going to drive the conversation about should they be playing this guy, shouldn't they be playing that guy. And in hockey, it's the same thing as like a quarterback in football. Like, who's your starter? Yep. Everybody loves the backup when the starter's not playing well. Lightning Islanders tonight, Devils Flames tonight, and a couple of odds and ends here. Number one, aliens, maybe. Eddie. A radio station in Alabama, WJLX, quite confused. Why would they be confused? Because their 200-foot broadcast tower has disappeared. A 200-foot radio broadcast tower, gone. Wow. Aliens? No, it's probably some or guy named Thievers. Thievers. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you get a 200-foot tower out of there? I don't know. Maybe Spike took it to use it for IP or Come something. Come on. That's bizarre. Yeah, I got to read more about that. Oh, so you saw this story? No, uh, no. I just heard hearing it now, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because it's 200 feet of steel that just disappeared. Show and then, yourselves, aliens. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, Stephen A. Smith does a podcast, as we know, and at the very end of his podcast, he takes uh, questions from uh, listeners. Uh, here he explains a question that he did receive. 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunter with a rifle, 7 buff cape buffaloes, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, 4 lions. Pick two to defend you while the others attack you, the goal is to survive one hour. What would you take? Well, I, all right. So I was. I, I, have, I, to hear, I have to hear it again. Zoo, now now that, that I know what the question play is. Play that clip again. 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunter with a rifle, 7 buff cape buffaloes, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, 4 lions. Pick two to defend you while the others attack you I do the like goal I, is to survive one hour i have an answer it's the guy with the rifle and it's the three brown bears okay i do like that he called it gorillas <laughs> i don't know i kind of like the uh, the alligators okay and the lions Fair like, what is going to eat an alligator what's going to get an alligator a gorilla is going to beat up an alligator a bear, well, you get two bears on one alligator. I I would take that match. But you got three alligators. I think you said ten alligators. Oh, ten alligators. I thought you said three. Now where would you go? I would probably go with the bears. Okay, because the gorillas. You get to pick two. Yeah, and you get the guy with the rifle. Just shoot the alligator. Bang bang, just like that. All right. How many boats do you get? That I don't know. In a rifle, eight, eight, but point six. You know, the fact of the matter is. What in the uh, in the animal kingdom is going to eat an alligator? I mean, I feel like a bear could kill an alligator and eat it. Oh, that bear! That the alligator would rip the bear's leg off. No, I don't think so. No. Here is the answer. His answer. 
So the Lions and the 10,000 rats, I don't see how you're going to beat that. 10,000 rats. How you going to beat that? That's easy to me. That's my first choice. I'm thinking about 10,000 rats beating all of them. I thought you would have picked the rats. No, because no, rats don't do anything. Yeah. They just scurry around. Right. They're not right. going to attack anybody. Yeah, right. right. And, you know, it's, it's like the Russian army in the Battle of Stalingrad just keeps throwing people at it <laughs> until you run out of people and they never ran out he of is, people. He is right, though. The lion's the king of the jungle. Yeah, I'm just telling you, alligator, man. A, a nasty, hungry alligator on my side, I'll take every you, time. You ever watch those guys that actually go wrestle the yeah. alligators? So that's why I, that's why I don't want to go alligator because these guys can wrestle alligators and win. There's nobody out there right. wrestling bears. I go li- lion and bears. Lions, yeah, lion lion. And bears. But I think the gun is a huge thing. Mm, yeah, uh, but if you're being charged by all of them and you only got one shot, at it ain't a machine gun. It's a rifle. I mean, could you imagine? Like, I, I could see like ten thousand rats coming at at you. And you have the alligator just chowing down like it's a buffet. <laughs> you know, we're talking about buffets the last couple of days. Yeah. It'd yeah. be a hell of a buffet for those alligators. Yes, it would. There you uh, go. Do you see <clears> the guy <throat> who climbed the sphere yesterday? Yeah, we were talking about that this morning. <clears throat> what? Was yeah. that an official climb or was it an unofficial climb? I think unofficial. I think a guy just got up somehow on the, the sphere. So the amazing thing about the sphere, the outside of it, is all these little boxes that gives it the ability to show all these different you know, um, all these different images on it. So I wonder if he broke any of the boxes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it because the sphere has been, I mean, seen it like, well, actually, you wouldn't know if one or two of those were out, probably. It wouldn't You'd have to break a bunch of yeah. them. And I don't think, I don't know if this was a thing where this guy's trying to get attention. This is what he does or just some crazed maniac, but. You got his name? Uh, no. I, I just see the, the viral postage. This is a person has climbed the sphere. Mm. So. Dummy. Yeah, Tommy is right. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Built Ford Tough Studio. All right, Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Live from the win. Okay, just making sure there wasn't another white claw. <laughs> to make sure if that first day was that Monday, Boomer <clears throat> started off the week with a nice little white claw at uh, 6 a.m., which well, is uh, 3 a.m. It looked a lot uh, like the Celsius drink that I'm drinking right now, yes. <laughs> that was the first thing that way, happened. Go, this go week. grab one of those white claws out of that refrigerator and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, I know. I know. But then when you tasted it, you were, what, were you, what were you thinking? I, I wasn't thinking. It was very early on that Monday morning. I did not get a lot of sleep when we first got here. Yeah. I, I really haven't gotten any sleep at all since we've been here. I know. Quite frankly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I know we're trying to stay on East Coast time. It's virtually impossible. Yeah. At this point, it's like, forget it. You know? Yes. I mean, and then I look at basically when the show is over tomorrow, then at least for us that are staying here, not you, but me, Al, and, and Eddie, and I know Jerry's going home. That's that's when the rest will come in at that point. Although we have to change hotels. That is true. Yes, we are. So, unfortunately. And tonight we do have the Breitling party. Yep. Yeah. As Breitling is unveiling their Super Bowl 58 watch. One of 58 watch, or it's only 58 watches made. Uh, 18 of those watches are uh, solid red gold, which are beautiful. And the other ones... Uh, the other 40 have a black strap on it with the red gold. See, look at this. Look at how close these are. <laughs> is, that, is that not close? Yeah, it's close. I mean, it's a, the white can about the same size with the, the black font on it. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you come in here like with your eyes closed in the morning <laughs> and you see the, you can't really see the white claw and it looks, mm-hmm. they look identical. <laughs> so whatever, I'll have a white claw on Friday. Tomorrow. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> if you were walking around that first day here, white girl drunk on white claws. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the party tonight and come dressed appropriately. Okay. Yeah, I packed a nice shirt and I haven't worn my <clears throat> black jeans yet, so they're fresh All out of the right. wash. Fresh Ooh, black yeah. jeans. I like it. Black jeans, button down, and I actually bought a brought a jacket. Oh, oh no. nice. Okay, Eddie, I'm very proud of you. Look Thank at you, sir. I mean, it's gonna be you know some high rollers there tonight. So. Oh, yeah? Be some NFL yeah. muckety mucks there that are Ooh. part of this because the NFL has supported this, obviously. NFL muckety mucks. Yeah, because the back of the watch has the Super Bowl 58 logo on it, and it is beautiful. So, what type of muckety mucks are we talking here? Big time. Big time? Big time. I think so, yes. Roger Goodell? No, I don't know about him, but other people that you know. Our guy Hans? He may be there, yeah. Oh, I love Hans. Well, Hans actually likes us, right? Yes, yeah, he loves yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Probably the few one of the few broadcasters that he actually does like. Right. So you got to be finger foods or something? I, I don't know. There'll probably Schwartz be something be there. there. <laughs> no, I don't think Schwartz was invited. I'm sorry. <laughs> With that giant shirt he rolls in there. What kind bit. of wristband would he need for that watch? Oh, my God. Yeah, extra large. Well, double extra large. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, is that no, it's perfect. But you can't have Schwartz show up at something with his muckety mucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. He would uh, attach right on him. Don't right. talk about leech spot. 100% leech spot. Right. So it'd be good. We're going to be uh, at one of the Breitling boutiques, which will be beautiful. You saw one here in this uh, hotel. So, yeah. And they, and you said that they had one of the uh, the watches there or no? They had the uh, display of the what the back of the uh, Super Bowl watch looks like. Oh, it was. Like. Okay, good. Hey, why don't we have it here, the the win? Why do we have to go all the way over to the other place? Uh, because this is where Breitling asked us to go. That's what you do when somebody is supporting your foundation. You kind of follow their lead. Yeah, yeah. You know I just I mean? thought maybe you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, I got a busy schedule. I'm staying in the wind. Can we move it over to the wind store? Yeah. But I have to say, it's amazing. So Breitling's been with us for 30 years. 30 years. They've wow. been our longest standing partner with our foundation and the NFL and Breitling came together, I want to say about four months ago, to put this whole thing together. And it's not easy to put something like this together. And uh, both the NFL and Breitling said, hey, we got to get this done. We want to do it. And the NFL is supporting us with all their royalties. And Breitling's uh, giving us a big portion of the sale of the watch. And that's how we will raise the money coming back. Plus, they're giving me a watch to be able to auction off at our black tie dinner. Ooh, all right. So hopefully uh, we'll get a nice uh, pretty penny for that as well. Oh, the NFL Today guys wearing the Breitling watch on Sunday? Not that particular watch, but they all get watches every year. Oh, okay. So like this one I'm wearing right now, I think is Phil Simms' favorite. Okay. Uh, but uh, yes, so they've, they've been a great partner, and I can't say enough uh, to how much they mean to us and mean to me personally and and leading, you know, down the road with us, raising as much money as we have with their products. Is this a walk spot for us, Eddie? Or are we taking a car tonight? Oh, it could be a walk spot, 100%. <clears throat> yeah, it's over by Caesar, where we kind of were yesterday. Yeah, closer. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it might walk. Eddie likes to walk. He walked yesterday over by the Bellagio Fountains. Mm-hmm. Yep. You walk six miles to UNLV. Well, three and three, yeah. Three and three, yeah. Okay. And then walk down to the Bellagio, then walk back with Alan Gina. Yeah. I mean, you are, you got your steps in, man. It's starting to get more and more crowded now. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is where it starts to turn. Super Bowl week really starts to turn on Thursday. 
And for us, it's just been the same every day. But a radio row, I'm sure now, uh, like later in the day, is going to be just insane, insane and stupid. Where is it? I don't even know where it is. Mandalay Bay. It's at Mandalay Bay? It's at Mandalay Bay where Peter Schwartz is staying. So they have a big exposition center over there. And it's in that area. And by the way, the Mandalay Bay is right across the street from Allegiant Stadium. Oh, okay. You know, the, the, the highway goes in between them, but I think there's a a bridge where you can walk across the highway to get to Allegiant Stadium from the Mandalay Bay. Are they making you go over to Radio Row and do interviews? Not that I know of. Okay, good. Well, good. I believe me, I, I will be on the do not disturb list from 10 o'clock on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we're in Geo County Alive from the Traveling Built Ford Tough Studio here at the Blue Wire Studios in the Win Las Vegas. NBA trade deadline is later on today. Of course, there are some Super Bowl stories that are popping up as we're getting closer to the game. And uh, we did open up the show talking about, uh, well, us yesterday and the greatest day that we uh, had with the Drew Barrymore show that will be airing uh, a half hour, in less than a half hour, 28 minutes on CBS, CBS. You know, we should really just take off the last half hour and just really just simulcast okay. that that program and let Fleegs and Zoo figure out the radio portion of it and just let's just do that. You know, I'd be all for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's where we're at. I don't believe that we are going to get a big Knicks trade. It doesn't sound like anything is going to happen uh, with a another big deal. I, I would be honestly shocked. If they went out and got uh, a star player or used those first round picks here at the deadline, I do believe that they will uh, in the offseason and complete the the puzzle. But I think they're going to give once everybody's healthy, Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, Jalen Brunson. This is the team that they're going to go uh, with into you the playoffs, see how far they can get. You don't think there's a chance for Bruce Brown? Yeah, but, you know, Bruce Brown, Alec Burks, stuff yeah, like that. We've had Alec Burks here before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's sort of the stuff that you're going to see. If if they make any sort of move, but what you're not going to see is Mikhail Bridges, you know LeBron James and Steph Curry. You're not right, seeing. I that. know that, but I'm you know the thing that I would worry about is, and again, I know that they are overly optimistic about Julius Randle returning. You know that that's you know we don't really know the severity of that. All we know is that he dislocated his shoulder. We do not know. At the moment, they're saying no surgery, but that doesn't mean at the end of the season when it's over that there won't be surgery. Right. So that also leads me to believe when he does come back, what kind of player is he going to be? Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff we talk about all the time with uh, Giancarlo Stanton. It's not only him missing all those games, it's that it takes him three weeks to get back into playing shape and uh, being able to hit the ball. So I'm hoping it isn't the, the case with Julius Randle when he comes back from this, but you just can't assume that he's going to hit the ground running and come back from this injury and be the guy that was you know, basically tearing everybody up. You, don't, you, don't think, hurt. you do not think that the Knicks right now are trying to get something done just to add players given the injury situation. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, minor deal. Be minor deal. Something that, you know, will help during this time where they're shorthanded and maybe a guy that can uh, hit a three and play some defense, three and D guy, or they can come off the bench if need be. But no, I don't, it's just not, it's not going to be, they made their big deal. They made their big trade uh, with OG Ananobi and getting rid of Barrett. And uh, and quickly, and I, I don't think that you're going to see uh, another one. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even really seem like this trade deadline is going to produce much of anything. Seems like it's a seller's market this time around. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, and last year I always talk about it. That was a, I mean, that trade that deadline last year was crazy, nuts. Which is great for the league. It's great for the interest, and it's great for the teams that are actually going for something. I can also say the same thing about the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, you know yep. that's uh, I, that's going to be active. There's no question. It's already been active. There have already been a couple of major trades that the Rangers or the Islanders or the Devils have not been involved in. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not one of these three teams can fortify their roster and bring in the guys that they feel like they need. I think I think most Ranger fans believe we need a, a number one right wing because uh, Capococco has not flourished there. What about trading I, him? I Well, he could be in a trade. You never know. I think most Ranger fans think we need a third line center that can also be a penalty killer. Um, and I think if you added two guys like that, I think everybody would be happy um, be, and, and stick with everything else that's going on. And, but the, the question is, you know, what assets are you going after and what assets are you giving up? Yeah. I mean, and that's something that the NFL has gotten involved in in the last couple of years. They never used to have any juice around the trade deadline ever. There was barely any trades. And now it's it's another one of those things that the NFL Network has a live show when it's going on because anything is possible. And don't you feel like uh, it all started with Major League Baseball? It's Major oh, sure, League Baseball yeah. every year there would be major trades and there would be major interest by all the, the teams that were going for it. Yeah. And now you know, the rest of these leagues have finally figured that out. I mean, you know, for me, trade deadline in the, in the NHL, man, you got the NHL network on, you're watching, especially, you know, when they're, and usually the teams are very active. Yeah. So it's a, is it 3 p.m. Eastern is the trade deadline? So it's new. Is it noon out here? Is that what it is? I think so. I think it's 3 p.m. Eastern and noon out here. So that'll be, that's, uh, that's tremendous. I love when everything's so much earlier. Is it an eight o'clock starts, a five o'clock start? Yeah, yeah. Well, best. the great thing is, you know, you get a four o'clock Ranger game in the afternoon. Oh, my goodness. And then you get all the scores that you need from the East Coast by eight o'clock. That's uh, unbelievable. It's just, I mean, the, the stuff we, especially for what we do, I know I'm just saying we're on from three to seven here, but if it was like a regular, like six to 10 out here, and you get all those East Coast games that are done at seven o'clock, that is a dream. That's a dream come true. It is a dream come true. Uh, I wanted to give you this story because I thought that this was uh, this was really interesting. This is from Oklahoma uh, a couple days ago. Uh, in a historic decision, a jury in Muskegee County District Court, Oklahoma, has delivered a $25 million verdict in favor of Scott Sapula, a former assistant football coach, against the Oklahoma newspaper, the state's largest paper owned by Gannett County. Uh, so there was a tape of someone making racist comments directed to the high school girls basketball team during a national anthem kneeling situation. So Matt Rowan, who is the play-by-play announcer responsible for broadcasting the tournament game, he was the one who ended up, he was the guy who said all this stuff and it ended up on a hot mic. The Oklahoman put this guy Scott Sapula's name as the person who did it. Not good. In the newspaper. So he won five million in compensatory damages and an additional twenty million in punitive damages. Defamation. Twenty five million dollars. Yeah, well these juries tend to be uh very generous. Yeah. I mean I know obviously I mean being your name being in a, a huge newspaper in that state saying that you went on this racist rant is a, is a horrible thing. And he probably had very good lawyers that were arguing his case and yeah. saying how, you know, this is not just a case of misidentification. 
this was an actual defamation case. Oh yeah, and and the jury found in his favor for sure. And you know, I'm I'm hoping hoping that you know when that jury does find in his favor that that's really what he's looking for. I mean, the money's great and everything else, but he wants to make sure that his name is cleared. Oh yeah, which I mean. <laughs> I think at this point it probably is because this was a ended up being a national story. But you think like the the what could be one of the worst moments of your life being tied to that and everybody thinking that you're someone that you're not saying these horrible things then turned into the greatest moment in his life yep. because he got twenty five million dollars. <laughs> yes, and the amazing thing about all of that is that I don't know how long this jury, I mean, uh, how long this trial took to get to where it got to where he was ultimately found. Uh, you know, they found in favor of him, but for the time that he spent. His own life and how it was affected. Oh, yeah. You know, and now he probably lost a job. He probably was excommunicated. I mean, you can just imagine the things that he was going through personally. Sure. Probably. I mean, I mean, $25 million will make you feel a lot better about it. But yes, during that time, not knowing he was going to be awarded this and everybody thinks that he is because the paper said it, thinks that he's he's this horrible person who said these things is is, is rough. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't, uh, I could not believe that. I mean, this is another one of these things too, where like, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, and you're around a microphone, you push that microphone away from you because you never know when the thing is going to, uh, is going to be on. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, interesting story. So, all right, I wanted to ask you because when we went up to uh, Summit Club yesterday, and I saw Dean Spanos, the the owner of of the Chargers. Yes. And when we started talking Harbaugh, and I told him that I saw his team in the Super Bowl in, in two years. Yeah, he kind of lit up. He did. So that was the right thing to do? Yeah, I think it was the right thing to do. You were very kind and very nice. And, Is that a suck-up spot? Though? Uh, well, look, you. how many NFL owners have you met? Uh, John Mara? Yeah. Woody Johnson? I met Christopher Johnson, not okay. Woody. Okay. Uh, I think how about the Wilfs? Any of the Wilfs? Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft. I have not met the Wolves. Met Bob Kraft. I think that's it. And now Dean Spanos. And Dean Spanos, yeah. The owner of the Chargers, yes. So I thought that you handled yourself with a plum. Okay, good. And you uh, were very professional and very nice. All right. Usually in in a situation like that, people don't like to be bothered because it's a private club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it... Dean Spanos' buddy recognized me because of a friend that we have in common with each other. Right. So Tony, that guy Tony, said hello to me. So therefore, it opened the door for us to say hi to Dean. That is correct. I've met Dean before, yes. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you probably met almost all these owners. Yes. Right? Yeah, pretty I mean, much. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, uh, you got to have to, like, uh, you kind of have to do a suck-up situation in that spot. Like, what else are you going to do? Like, you said congratulations on the hire. Yes. Which opened, he's like, yeah, we're very happy, very excited. And then you were like the guy, but the guy's weird. That's what you said. Well, yeah, he is. Jim Harbaugh's like, dude's weird. Did you see him look up at his press conference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little goofy. It is a little goofy. <laughs> but he's a great football coach. Yeah, yeah. And then Spanos like, you know what, but I like it. I like his weirdness. He likes his quirkiness. Yeah, I like his quirkiness. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how much he likes him in, in two years. And if he's <laughs> living up to what you think they're going to live up to in two years, like, you're going to the Super Bowl in two years. I said, like, give, like, you know, give him two years to be in the Super Bowl. That's what I said. I said it confident. I didn't do it like a, like a little kid. I was like, give, give him two years. He'll be in a Super Bowl. Yeah. I was like, I like the way you, you know think, You know what you're kid. talking about. I like the, the way you think, kid. And he right. gave me a little pat on the back. And then there I went. I'll tell you, I will room. say, because you had played at Summit Club this summer. Yeah. You summer. came out here for a Circa to Circa. What, what the? Uh, Circa, the, uh, the hotel that's uh, off the strip 
uh, with the uh, stadium swim. They put right. me up the whole thing. I have to say, you 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 seem to be very comfortable at this club. Oh, yeah. Waltzed right in. Walked hey guys. right in. Hey, guys. How you doing? There's yeah. Gio. Okay. Yeah, all right. Very good. Over here, guys. No, wrong turn. Clubhouse <laughs> over here. Yeah, I, I, I felt like uh, I'm right at home. Right at, <laughs> right at home. <laughs> Sit down. Wagyu sliders. Little Casamigos and uh, lemonade. A tremendous day. It was a tremendous day. <laughs> a tre- I saw you put pictures out of your tremendous day on uh, I had on to, X. I, I and and you know what? I and and Instagram. I had not made an Instagram post since your golf tournament. Okay. That's how long ago it's it's been. I don't I don't tend to do it a lot. And uh, this was this was important to me to put that out there because I wanted to I wanted to have a memory of it. You know, it's it's funny. I'm, I'm in this. I got sort of got shamed into this uh, Super Bowl box situation where it's a thousand dollars a box i'll tell you how so mike harris from umg nashville who runs you know the jordan davis chris stapleton all that luke bryan so he puts me and jordan davis on a three-way text message and he goes thousand dollars a box super bowl box it's like you in and normally i would not do this i mean you're a big time radio star yeah but thousand dollars for random numbers is not normally you know there's big payouts obviously it's not normally something i would do so i couldn't be like you know ah i'll be the cheap guy because you know jordan davis is gonna say yes you could say look i don't have a grammy i don't have a number one hit song i just show up and do my radio show show every day right so then i got uh i get shamed into this so he ends up uh sending the the numbers last night not great (laughs) Not, not great and uh, but I sent back in that text message like, all the pictures from from Summit Club, and I said for the for the first time in our in our lives, I had a better day than Jordan Davis had. <laughs> and he goes, "You sure did, buddy. You sure did." It was a good day for you. Yeah, it good was. day for the Geo brand. I think so. And it could have gone horribly wrong. Yes, it could have. It could have been. It could have been terrible. I could have said the wrong thing on the Drew Barrymore show. I could have had a miserable day. It could have rained up <clears> at Summit Club. It could have been a mess. It could have fallen down and got bit by a scorpion or something. You know, it was amazing. It was 53 degrees. We're 3,500 feet, you know, height level. And uh, it was gorgeous. Oh. It was like absolutely perfect to play in. Yeah. And when that sun came out, it was it was awesome, especially with all this rain that we had. That that, that sun beating on you, that, that desert sun, just a different, just a different feel. And how many times, by the way, you were not kidding about that Bellagio fountain and the sounds that it makes. Yes. How many times did did poor Drew have to do another take off the prompter because the the fountains were blowing up behind us? Right. Either the fountains or a helicopter going on top. And she was like, "Look, and I'm an actress. I know that the sound can't hear, so we got to stop now. We got to restart again." I mean, yeah. we I, we thought we were going to be there for literally like 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. We ended up being there for over an hour and a half. Yep. Yep. That's right. She's like, all right, in our next story. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, start it over again. Uh, all right, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. Get Jerry back in here. Another update and moment of the day. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan in CBS Sports Network. I mean, you, guys don't like, the win. you guys don't like logistics, do you? No, we we love logistics. I'm a huge logistics guy. 
I'm anti-logistics. I'm trying to talk to you guys about the different <laughs> things that we are doing over the next couple of days and moving around and then having to come back here on Monday morning after the Super yeah, Bowl. I, I don't I don't think it's I, I understand that something has to be thought about, but I don't think it's as complicated. OK, as, what time do you think we're getting out of the Super Bowl? Uh well, Al's leaving at halftime. <laughs> um, False, I, fake news. Don't believe. I don't. It. I don't know. I mean, we're you have you have to be on the air for the post game, and we're going to be walking back when the game ends. So, when does the game end? By seven ish out here. Okay, I so would think we'll probably be back at the hotel at uh, eight thirty. You want to say eight eight fifteen? Okay, right. So then we will go to sleep. We'll have all our bags packed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then we'll head over here. Yeah, how are we getting over here? I mean, I, uh, oh. get an Uber or... Well, Al, Jerry, and I have to leave probably about an hour earlier. I'll be in New York. Gone. Oh, hi, Jerry. Al and I. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be Ubers at that all time. All right, you see, there's some logistics. Yeah. And, you know, the Super Bowl is ending. People are out partying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna. <laughs> I mean, we're going to walk back to the hotel and go to bed. All right. Okay. What other options do we have? I don't yeah, know I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think any of you are really thinking about it. Oh, I, I thought about it. I'm the you one I could see thinking about it. Yeah, because I mapped you, out. You, I don't see you thinking about no, it. I shut, my brain turns off when there's too many logistics that I don't have control over. Yeah, I know that. And I saw that at dinner the <laughs> yeah, other night. checked out. I, I, mapped exactly. a, I mapped the route from the, from the uh, hotel to the stadium. I mean, there has to be of a car available at... Oh, to get here? In yeah, Vegas, yeah. of course. Yeah. there will be. I mean, whatever it is. Maybe a disco party going on in the car <laughs> from the driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but there'll yeah. be a car that'll get us here. Uh, all right, Jerry, what's going on with sports? Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh, human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. And also brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone with Jack Pocket. Uh, one more time with the NFL sound as we then get into the basketball. We got the trade deadline today, so a lot going on. Uh, here's Patrick Mahomes played this earlier about, really, they're the bad guys now all of a sudden. People don't want to see them win. How do you deal with that? I just like winning. If, if you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. Now, you would also think Andy Reid, who has a lot of success in Kansas City, it would get harder and harder. Yet, he seems to have the right recipe, and that is to be, well, kind of have fun and go out there and just play your game and don't worry about other people. We try to have fun within the intensity of the game uh, during the week. Uh, there's a time to focus in and a time to mess around. And when they mess around, they win. So good for them. Um, did you see the, so Jason and Travis Kelsey still did their new heights podcast. Yeah. I just saw before I came in here that they posted it. And, um, I guess Jason Kelsey is upset with the Swifties for propping up Travis. I, it was very confusing. The headline was very misleading. Yeah, I don't know I if you saw that. it or not. I didn't see that. I saw Jason Kelsey at a blackjack table with Burt Kreisner, the comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Segura, the comedian. Will Compton from Barstool Sports and Taylor Lewan, the also I think is from uh, the Titans. Barstool. Yeah, that from makes a- me think that Jason Kelsey is going to retire because he's not supposed to be a part of any casinos as an active player. Mm. Ooh! All right, let me ask you: This is he under contract, or is uh, he a free agent? I I I don't know. I don't I don't know. Right? Would that matter then if he's not under contract? Well, I no. I think that if you're an active player, wait, uh, but you I'll, can't go to a casino as an active player yeah. in the off season. I don't think so. You sure about that? Because I remember I saw CeeDee Lamb down in the Bahamas playing blackjack. I don't think 
That was a big mm, deal. Wasn't I'm it? thinking around here during the Super Bowl. I think there was a. I don't know. Baby, you can't, you can't bet on sports. I don't think. But I think you can probably play blackjack. I okay. asked Al this question the other day. If Daniel Jones walked through the casino, would anybody stop him? Uh, yeah, of course. Maybe Saquon Barkley. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Fan? No, yes. no, G- no GMs like, would stop him. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think he's recognized? Because we walk around and we see certain people. It's obvious who they are. Yeah. And I'm wondering if people would stop Daniel Jones or if he's just got that. If you're free, a Giant fan and you're out here and you see Daniel Jones, yeah. of course. Fair. Okay. He is tall, too. In yes. person, he's big. He's yes. one of those guys you look at like that's got to be an athlete. Right. Anytime we see a guy who stands six foot four or bigger, yeah, what like, does he do? Yeah, athlete. Has to be. That is very true. We do do that. Um, Zoo, I'm going to skip the next two. I don't want to hear from these guys again. Uh, I want to go to Tony Pollard because I played this earlier. I, I know you guys don't find this fun. I find this interesting. Just the fact uh, that he had no clue when he went on the Pat McAfee show that Dan Quinn left the Cowboys to become the new head coach of the Commanders. Did you just find out you lost your defensive coordinator? I just found out right now. Oh, hey, he's congratulations. Newsbreaker. Newsbreaker. Yeah, Dan yeah. Quinn's head coach of Washington. Dan Quinn, head coach. Washington Commanders. Backwards hat show. How's he going to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't doubt Dan Quinn at all, and whatever he's done, head coaching, defensing, defensive coordinator, whatever it is, head coach is what it's going to be. And we'll see if Tony Pollard's still in the Cowboys next year. Don't know, but uh, Quinn now inside the division in Washington, as we know. Uh, NBA tonight: Knicks take on Dallas. Jalen Brunson questionable with the ankle. OG Ananobi has been ruled out. Here from a couple of days ago, this was Precious Achua, and this was even before the Ananobi news came out. I think we all thought he would. Might be back for this game, but he's not. This was Achua talking about how the depth is really being challenged because more and more injuries mean more and more players play. It just goes to show that, you know, guys are staying ready. And you know, regardless of what the outcome is, guys are just staying ready, you know, and once their name, name is called up, they're ready to step up and play. And you made the comment yesterday about how Harden and um, and Kyrie are playing so well in the Clippers and the Mavericks. Yeah. Kyrie has been great. Uh, Luka Doncic has been ridiculous. Uh, here is uh, Jason Kidd after they beat the Nets talking about the way those two are dealing with one another. I think the big thing is just the trust of this group uh, as we get healthy here um, with Kai and Luka. The more that they can spend uh, together on the floor, the better chance that we have at winning. Such a good team at that Kyrie Irving, isn't he? You oh, know, really? <laughs> he always has been. You know, oh, man. He's voted captain by his teammates. That's it, yeah. He gets the Courage Award every year. I mentioned the Nets. They play the Cavaliers tonight. So the Nets, who are still in the league, Boomer, they have not been jettisoned to the uh, the G League. Uh, they can help out your Knicks tonight if they can beat Cleveland because the Cavs right now a game ahead of the Knicks for second in the East. Cleveland 33-16. and 16. The Knicks have 33 wins, too, but played two more games and have the 18 losses on the season. Trade deadline is 3 p.m. We will see if the Knicks are active. Uh, also played these a few hours ago, too. This was Mets GM David Stearns on the uh, the John Heyman podcast called Foul Territory. That's the name of it. The first one was, are you planning on an extension for Pete Alonzo? And here's how Stearns answered that question. Pete's a really good player. Um, he's performed on a big stage here for a long time. Uh, I know that. We all know that. I know how important he is to our fan base. Yeah, I think what where we are right now, where Pete is, is is we're gonna uh, everyone's gonna focus on this year, and then next year at the end of twenty four, Stern says, then we'll take a look. Best thing for us is is for Pete to have a great year, and the best thing for Pete is for Pete to have a great year, and and then we'll go forward from there. Um, but we're certainly, you know, we're we're certainly invested in trying to keep Pete a Met. Um, you know what? I'm hopeful okay. that that over time we'll be able to work that out. The other thing too, we were talking about this. 
is when he came in, one of the first things he talked about was how he, meaning Stearns, lifelong Met fan as a kid. I think also Met fans heard that and thought he's going to lock this thing up. Yeah, I, I know that that has been the consensus from the Met fan. But the longer that this goes, the, the more right. dicey that it is. You know, who knows what's going to happen this season? But when you're not under contract, you haven't even gotten an offer yet. And I mean, the Aaron Judge, Brian Cashman, Yankees thing was was the, the template for this. And he was pissed. How about this? The template is don't give him a contract offer and let him play out his season. And if he lives up to all the expectations and leads this team that nobody is expecting to go to the playoffs, then give him the money. Remember, you know, uh, Aaron Judge had that great year. And and uh, that's why basically the contract almost doubled from where it was at the beginning. And you remember the reason he got ticked off was because the Yankees leaked that contract. It wasn't even leaked. It was Brian Cash just flat out said it yeah. in a yeah, press yeah. conference before opening day. Yeah. All right. So and, and that was more annoying to Aaron Judge than anything else. Yeah. And he was pissed. And he was so pissed that he it's but at the end of the day, all right, so everybody who's pissed at that moment right now, everybody's happy. Do you think, for real, does Evan keep the beard? He has to. <clears throat> He's well, got he no choice. He has to do anything. I'm just he wondering if you think he, he will. He said that until he gets a contract. I guess today is the day that Sean Morash makes the uh, decision on what he's going to do with the show because he won the pickleball right. match. But yeah, I mean, if he's he's got to keep it to the end of the season now, which is going to be hell for him having that big bushy beard in the summertime. But tough. And if he's not cutting his hair, Ugh. if you're not, yeah, not cut, he's got to at least cut his hair. If he could trim that thing up and cut his hair, he'd be fine. Mm. I actually think he looks more like an adult now. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, Much I, more I mature. I don't think it it looks bad on him as long as he as long as he keeps it trimmed. It kind of it filled in nice. It's red. You know, he's got a he's got a different type of look. I think it works for him. Last night in the Garden, the Rangers beat the Lightning. Willard from Norway, the ninth Norwegian to play in the National Hockey League. And that was Kenny Albert on TNT. They win 3-1. Jimmy Vesey scored the first goal, then added an empty net goal. You had uh, the 18 saves from Jonathan Quick, and the Blue Shirts beat Tampa by that 3-1 score. Here was Jacob Truba. That's another victory out of the All-Star break. We want to kind of pick up our game going, going through February and kind of close the, the January chapter. So uh, I thought uh, the third period was a, was a big step for us to do that. We let up one and never really uh, bend but don't break, I guess is the saying. But yeah, it's, it's big for our group to, to now, come out yeah. with two wins out of the break against two really good teams. Right now, 32-16-3. And, and then one more from Peter Laviolette on the whole goalie deal with Quick and Shesterkin. There is no doubt who their main goalie is and will be. But Chesty's our guy. This was a chance for us to work with him, get some, he's with Benny, he gets more video, more reps, he can focus on his game and just getting, you know, really dialed in for a stretch run and a stretch push. It is it's interesting that I guess because he announced him as the starter yesterday, it was the first on the ice yesterday, that this was a topic pre-game as opposed to post-game, <clears throat> but he asked and answered. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, a, it's because of TSN, it's because of TNT, mm. it's because of everything else that is being said about the Rangers from a national perspective that this now becomes a local story. Obviously for us Ranger fans, you know, we're following it and we like what uh, Jonathan Quick has done for the team. We want him to play. 
But everybody's got to be careful about, you know, okay, who's number one, who's not number one. Hey, Shesterkin's paid as a number one goalie. Shesterkin is one of the best in the world, as Jonathan Quick has said. And Shesterkin's got to find his game here the second half of the season if the Rangers are going to have any shot at winning a, a Stanley Cup. All right, so the Lightning lose last night to the Rangers. Tonight they take on the Islanders, and you've got the Devils playing <clears throat> the Flames. Time now for Moment of the Day, brought to you by <clears throat> Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila, brought to you by those who drink it. <laughs> So you had a guest this morning. I don't know that we expected him, but uh, maybe you talked to him. And Peter Schwartz sat in this very seat. And while you were going over his week and his plans and everything he had going on, uh, an interesting thought came up because he's a very large man and Al's a very, well, tall, thin man. Nice shirt. Thank you. Appreciate very, it. It's very big. I had help picking it out. <laughs> I wonder if like, if we put that on Al, what that would look like. <laughs> do you have a t-shirt on underneath I it? do, a Jets t-shirt. Okay, would you would you be okay with taking the shirt sure. off and handing it to Al? Sure. Hold on. <laughs> see, Al, let's see what it looks like if you put the shirt on. Is that all right, Al? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That is a yes. should, I, should I take that off my a, hoodie? That's an enormous I shirt. I don't think okay. you need to. <laughs> he said, should he take off the hoodie? Look, he doesn't even unbutton the buttons. Just pulls it over his head. It's, it's a this is a giant shirt. It is a giant that, like it's a purple and white and I guess black, I think, striped shirt, right? <laughs> See what yeah. Al looks like yep. here. All right. So the, now <laughs> Peter is now handed the parachute to Al Dukes. Right. <laughs> he's, he's putting it on. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> looks, like, looks like Ben McAdoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, like like Tom Hanks in Big when he turns into the kid. Yes, that's what it looks like. Oh, oh my god! Oh, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. <laughs> Good Al. There you go. Like well, I know it's more paint uh, something. I know it's more. It's like, more a smock. It's a yes. smock. it's like a smock. Very funny though. Right. Very funny. Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely. You got to check that out. If, if I don't know if we put a a picture uh, out there on uh, on X or anything like that, but uh, or watch CBS Sports Network. Oh, by the way, we are on uh, regular CBS right now. Yes, you are. The Drew Barrymore show is running right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that that's uh, that's very cool. I I love the fact too that like. Peter Schwartz is over there, radio row, grinding, talking to all these losers, you know? And that, like, the one guest we have here is Peter Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's part of our family. No, I know. It's just, yes. it's just like the, the difference in what what the, the traditional radio is over there and what, what we're doing here. So, well, we're lucky. Different. We don't have to be over in that madness. You're right. Very, very uh, fortunate. I wouldn't ha- want it any other way. Oh, yeah. Right, Boomer Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. You know what? Let's let's get Stephen Waldron here. There's a couple of questions I got to ask him. One with the Camus because he was a part of that. Yeah, and also his he had like the the nutso day of all nutso days. So like like why not? We're here the last couple of minutes of the show. Let's get Stephen in here. Uh, Stephen, come on in. Come on in. Stephen Waldron of CBS. If you've never seen him before, he just had the disembodied what voice. What is going on with the check shirt today? That's all I want to know. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Let me get on my mark here. Get get on your mark. Uh, so, uh, first of all, tell me the story about how, how you guys were drinking somebody else's Camus last night. Well, we were out to eat. Nice place. Uh, the alarm starts going off. And they first said it, it was this is a test. But then they came back and said this is the real thing. We need to evacuate you. So we went outside. We took our drinks. We was on the street. Then they bring us back in. We sit down. They say, we're going to comp your bill. 
well, that's very nice of you. Oh, wow. And then we're like, oh, can we get another uh, another round? It's like, sure, but you're going to have to pay for it. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so then, but before this all happened, the a large family sat down next to us and ordered two bottles of that Camus. Camus, very expensive oh, yes. wine, yeah. And then, as, as soon as they got it, they poured it, and then the arm went off. They took us out. So that was like untouched. Kevin <laughs> just broke the entire studio oh, behind yes. you. But anyway, so, go ahead. Two bottles of untouched uh, well, canvas the, the that was first, open. The first bottle was poured out into the glasses, respectively. <clears throat> and um, uh, which, and the other bottle was unopened. So we went after the, the poured. Oh, I see. So you took the glasses with the with the poured wine. Yeah, and poured them into our glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Now is that is, oh that is unbelievable is that a sleeve spot or that no, is definitely no. a, that's what do you oppor- mean that's opportunistic yes opportunistic but you don't know if somebody actually drank did you know if anybody drank Sean's idea was to inspect the glass for lip marks first. okay okay <laughs> so we did that uh, we were, and no one is no no one is watching us we were literally the only people that actually had the the uh, respect to come back in in case and not ditch your bill so what happened to the other what happened nobody to the other ever bottle? came back in. Did you take the bottle or did you no, just leave no, it there? See, oh. if you would have done that, that would have been ridiculous because they could have sold that bottle to somebody else. They just lost out on all the money from the people that Correct. were in there because they comped everybody's Correct. meals because of that. So yes. for them, it was early that in the day. a total sleaze spot if you took that bottle of Camus. It was early in the day, so it really wasn't that packed. Yeah, it's Sean County <laughs> say they poured the glasses right up to the but, brim but of the had, Camus. They had a second evacuation, correct? Correct. And then they comped that. So they they charged us for another round, and then they said, "We'll take care of this for you as well," because they had made us leave again. Oh, that's too yeah. bad for them, though. Yeah, I know that yeah. sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the nice little tip because we love to tip the yeah. Boomer and Geo crew. We always know yeah, absolutely. Yeah. the right time. We made it to a tip. We, we made it a point to find her on the street. So okay, all right, yeah. all right. There you go. Yeah, I will say, hanging out with you guys, the hardest thing is like. Looking at me, like, are we tipping? Do we tip? Do we tip? You did that. You did that to me again yesterday. Well, Jerry is right. Yesterday was so confusing about what to do and what not to do with the tipping. I was so confusing because there was one guy I was sure that we were going to tip hundred percent. You're like, nope, not nope. I was like, what do you mean? Not not at that moment. Not until the end of the day, which I did. Oh, all right. And you had said, am I allowed to tip you guys? Yeah, so I asked them because I said a lot of private clubs. What did he do? Well, not allow the people that work at those clubs to accept tips. I don't know. Every club's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, I mean, you do pay a lot of money to join these clubs and then keep the clubs afloat by, you know, having your monthly, you know, your monthly stipend, whatever it is. Right. But the, the point being is that, you know, you always take care of the caddy no matter what. 100%. That, yeah. And what you guys did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. The guys that I was talking about, the guys that took our clubs out of the, the truck and then put the truck, you know, clubs back in the truck. Right. Then I went over and tipped them. Right. And I did ask him, I said, are you guys allowed to accept tips? And the guy goes, eh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, here you go. Well, but here's the thing. I don't think the, the bartender and the guy who brought us the, the sandwich. Nah, that's a little different story. That's, that's See, internal. it's confusing. That's, internal, that's, that's, external. So I think the guys that stand outside, the caddies, those guys make, they don't make nearly as much money as the people inside. Oh, okay. All right. So I guess I'm sort of understanding this now. I mean, I always thought I knew the tipping rules. Yeah. Now I'm so confused now, especially after that experience. That was, Jerry was, his mind was completely blown. Plus, Al doesn't like to tip anybody, including, right. uh, flying, uh, I, flight attendants. All I want is someone to wear, like, wear a button that says, 
I get tipped. Or I'm all for tipping. I just don't know who gets tipped and who doesn't anymore. It's so confusing. Just and how much is just charge me whatever it is, whatever yeah. you're supposed. Well, let me to. just ask you this question. So we fly out here. Yeah. And how many cocktails did you have? Let's say five. Okay. So that person is dealing with you, going back and forth. And it's not just you. It's it seemed like she spent a lot of time with the with you guys at the back of the plane. I would disagree with that. No, I I would not. I I just I kept seeing her walking back there. All right. <clears throat> and and she always had a drink in her hand or three drinks or four drinks. Because the five of you in the back of that plane decided, you know, we're getting hammered on our way to Vegas. That this we did. Yeah. We're gonna, right. well, we're gonna start our trip. Yep. So the point being is that she doesn't she makes good money, but not great money. But she's for five and a half hours, she's taking care of you. Right, but the pilot also took care of us and makes good uh, money. Makes a lot more money. Well, how do we know that? We're we're not free with how much money we all make. How would we know what a weight? You, know, you know that a pilot makes a lot more money know, than a I, flight attendant. Right, correct. But I don't know what the flight attendant for that makes compared to a flight attendant at United, and we don't tip them. Yeah, but this person solely was working on the back of the plane with you guys all the <laughs> entire flight. I, you, a flight attendant on a United may come by and give you a, like a little bucket of peanuts and some coffee or something once. Yeah. Yes. What about the, the everybody in the front of the plane? They they tipped. Was I, I'm assuming they did. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. All right. An assumption. You don't know. We don't know. Uh, Stephen, one last I'm thing. I'm responsible for them. I'm <laughs> responsible for you guys. That's fair. So that's a good answer. <laughs> no. yeah. So, uh, Stephen, yesterday you were just a ball of anxiety, and it was just spewing all over us. You called me 15 times. And, we were okay, waiting I have for a reason behind that. And then you put us in this golf cart that we don't need to go. He could have dropped us off right at the set. We're in this golf cart and cameras in our they face. They had it all planned out and mapped out. Okay, we're going to pick him up there. We're going to drive him to this corner. I'll meet you at this corner, and, we'll, and I'll escort them to the set. I mean, you put on a, a sport coat. Sure did. And you were sweating through it. I mean, you were a mess yesterday. Oh, it was good. It was a good mess. You were a mess. Look at you. You just couldn't wait to get into the middle of the picture, too. <laughs> yeah. You you actually pulled me into the middle. I, I did, <clears> because <throat> I was like, that's, you were, you had, this was a big deal for you. So I said, Stephen, get in there. <clears throat> get in there. Get close to Drew, will you? Well, I like to think it, <clears throat> it all went well, so it was all worth it. Yeah, no, but you were, I mean, do you understand when you get, when you're me and you get 45 phone calls from you, how that could be a little bit annoying? I thought you like talking to me. You know what's amazing watching? Fine, but like you're making me nervous. <laughs> what's, what's amazing is watching two of the most anxiety-ridden people that I know in my life dealing with each other. Because that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it was back and forth. They had, had Al to the mix, too. That's what, it's got the holy trinity. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. They were all good people over there. Oh, no, they were great. And uh, Al wanted to know too, like you were talking to Tracy Wolfson, like you knew her for for twenty. I had met, I'd met her before. Oh, okay. He, not not often. I, I don't see her often, but we had met before. Because I had asked you, you go, oh, I just met her. No, no, I said met uh, was before. Okay, but they probably, were, a, probably a radio road previous year. That's the, they were talking like they had gone to college together. <laughs> like that's how I that's how I interpreted their two, relationship. Two friendly people. And, and as Al said, who wants to talk to Stephen Walter for that long? <laughs> He said that on the air, by the way. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I got a lot to say, Al. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, yes. All right, Stephen. Good stuff. Right. I'm proud of you. Thank All you. All right. You did, you did a nice job yesterday, even though that uh, you were making me sick 
Well, you called me fifty times <laughs> in the car, but uh, but he, it all it all worked. It all worked. Out. But, but by the way, you know, coming into this trip, you had all this anxiety about getting things right. Yeah. So far, so good. No, yeah, not I, one issue. I, it's like I I was I had a, a skin. I was a shed like a like a snake yesterday after everything went well. Okay, and everything feel, went well. Good movement. I you know everywhere perfect. I had to be, I got to, I got there on time. It worked out. It was yes. just perfect. So I spent a good seven or eight days. Um, dreading absolutely nothing. And I'll, I will not learn a lesson from this. No. I will do the same thing the next time. Yeah, but the one thing that your anxiety gave you was the ability to focus in on something so you could get it done. That That is true. That's the one positive about that. Uh, yes, that's one positive. Like, I just, I was locked in. There was no way that that day was going to get screwed up. And it turned out to be a great day. Yes. His best day ever. Best yeah. day ever. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah. 